Coming up, we talk about vampires. We talk about vampires. We talk about Hollywood scams, shams, and flim flams. That's right, Brody. It's a long con. We talk about the burgeoning genre of web series. Or web series. We ask, whatever happened to Sarah Holcomb? <laughs> we do ask that. We talk to auteur Joe Wilson. Writer, director, producer, comedian, and whistleblower. Whistleblower, exactly, exactly. He stands up for the little guy. If the little guy is involved in film festivals, comedy festivals, or pitch meetings. So tune in to find out what flip means on the Shaky Town Radio Clip. Shaky Town Radio Hour is, is on the air. I've already screwed it up. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. Um, sitting with us is, uh, is is someone whose whose career I've watched for a long time. <laughs> career. Uh, <laughs> Giant quote marks. <laughs> Dude, look. All right. You successfully are. You are successfully uh, at least uh, in terms of creativity navigating the world of of web series, and that is uh, okay. that's something to be admired. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, Joe Wilson, we're talking to. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, I'll even say your name. That's that's the guy making fun of his. Career giant quote yeah. marks, yeah. and I've actually been listening to you since you uh, co-hosted Dark Forest. Wow! Yes, yeah. that's yeah. That was five years ago. We so that's yeah the beginning of podcasting. Yeah, that's, that was yeah, but, seriously uh, kind of well time. the Blog Talk Radio. We were uh, it was Jackie Cation and I, and we and I've known Jackie for like like thirteen years, something like that, and can't remember who it was. It, oh, was. it was Carol Seven and um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Did like one show and Carol like sent me a link and he's like, have you seen this site? And I'm looking at it and I, and I, I pointed it to Jackie and I'm like, this looks like podcast in a box. We're yeah. just talking. I mean, the sound's going to blow, but to be able to have people on and we could get people from all over the country. So why, you know, you want to yeah. try it? And we did it. I did it. She's been doing it five years straight. I did two years of it every single week. Yeah, and uh, and I, and before that, I did AST Radio. Oh, that's right. Which was, um, uh, I guess, which is now never not funny or, or morphed into yeah uh, spinoff. Funny. I would call yeah, it a spinoff. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, the last it's show, the Laverne and Shirley. The last show I did was um, was Jimmy Pardo. Oh, okay, and then I went and wrote a movie, and I was like, "Hey, uh, Matt Belknap, I got to go." write this horrible movie that's not going to go anywhere and and uh so uh, i can't do this uh for a long time and uh uh yeah so <laughs> so it all worked out yeah so, yeah. so you went on it was <laughs> so, the beginning of your meteoric rise exactly <laughs> well it's good to have you on the show thanks, uh, thanks for having uh, me on no, no, also if you can call me x knight wilson I'd appreciate it. <laughs> x, all right <laughs> see we, we we talked about this it was on the Nina Bargill show. Yeah. Uh, you cannot give yourself a nickname. You it's simply true. cannot do that. You cannot. It's against yeah. the rules. Yeah. Which I, I forgot there was a part of that story that uh, he got a nickname. I forgot to... to, to oh, the, the archaeology guy? Yeah. He got a nickname. Um, and what is it? It was Sniffy. What was it? Sniffy. <laughs> yeah. Sniffing for a nickname? We were in a, we were in a, a an old uh, converted bank building that converted into a hotel. 
in in uh, uh, a town in, in near Cripple Creek, Colorado. And he, he we were bunking like a couple people to a room. So he walks into the room. He's like, "Is is there a musty smell in here?" It's an old building. It's like, yeah, of course there's a musty <laughs> smell. He's like, "I think it's coming from the bricks." And so he went up to the bricks and he was like, "Oh yeah, done, and, sniffy." And he was sniffy wow. from. Well, he was skippy for a while because he ate peanut butter sandwiches all the time. <laughs> Right. But uh, yeah, Sniffy's better. Sniffy's way yeah, better because it also has that kind of coke oh, kind of totally. So well, it doesn't seem like a coke hit. Yeah, and you can nothing do, to like, do with coke. Variations off of it, like Sniffle Up, I guess. Uh huh. Yes. Uh, I think he ended up getting called Stinky McGuppin for a while. Stinky McGuckin. Um, yeah, I think. That, well, the thing is, if you if you try to get your own nickname, I think you invite. Mm-hmm. Multiple nicknames, and all of them are going to be bad. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm tag mode. I'm way because yeah, I've been given nicknames before, and usually they're fairly and either things like Gino and things like that. And I just keep my mouth shut and go, "Oh, hey, all right." You know, if if something comes along that I like, I'll probably embrace it. But you know, mm-hmm. LG. Uh, you know, has uh, anyone ever called me that? It's a little. That's a little bit of a handful to manage. Uh, you could try. Maybe it'll stick. I don't, I've never I, had one. Never had a briefly in like junior high when I played uh, basketball. Jumping Joe Wilson, that was always fun. Uh, but Boy, that, that you play basketball in the thirties? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did. I said sneakers. The ball was brown. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, I think <laughs> I think in the thirties they really like, tight shorts and just <laughs> a peach basket. That was it. Just brogans. I used I used my softest brogans for this one. <laughs> See, I think J Dub. Would be uh, yeah, there you go. yeah. I just don't have that hip hop appeal, I guess. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Well, yeah, the, the, the worst part is you're really trying to court that demographic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Nothing says hip hop like <laughs> Joe Wilson. But it also, you know, it also does sound like a name that would end up being like uh, some rapper would have some like something killer, you know, mm-hmm. and, and their real name would be like a Joe. Wilson. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like Eminem's is Marshall Mathers. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. really, Marshall? Who's it? Oh, 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 uh, uh, Marilyn Manson. Brian. His first oh, name yeah. is Brian. It's yeah. like, hey, Brian, how's it going? Yeah. Well, Doc, Doc Hammer, uh, who does the Venture Brothers, right. his his real name is Eric Hammer. Yeah, and I lived in the same dorm with him uh, in Boston, and but Eric, took pictures of him, and but like going from Eric, I don't know where is it with a C or a K. It was with a C. Oh, see that if it was Eric with a K, that would be very like you know, Rainbow Bridge to Valhalla. I don't know how he went to Doc. I lost, I lost mm-hmm. track of that part of it. I don't know how he went from Eric Hammer to Doc. Now I got to look it up. Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're Stop reading Wikipedia. Cindy, right Mor- Cindy Morgan is an American actress, but it's known for appearances. Laura slash. Yori, Yori in the trunk. See, does now. does this not? Re- we're reading we're reading the Wikipedia oh, so you, are, page for Cindy Morgan for for the current Tron, or are you researching to well, compare no, no, no. the old Tron and the we new were Tron? we were we were looking up stuff about Caddyshack. Um, hmm. uh, I don't know. Oh, I know how it got on it. Uh, the movie quotes, the AFI's hundred best quotes from right. films, and I'm like Caddyshack. The whole uh, Dalai Lama scene from Caddyshack is only ninety second. And I'm like, well, what the hell's better than that? And a lot of stuff apparently. <laughs> Ninety-one more. Um, All Casablanca. I, oh yeah, like six quotes from Casablanca. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Casablanca is a good movie, but man, you're picking up six quotes on a hundred. Yeah. Anyway, so it's very quotable. It is quotable, but but Caddyshack led into looking up people and Cindy Morgan, 
And the reason we got hooked on the Sydney Morgan webpage is it really sounds like it was written by someone in their basement obsessing over Sydney Morgan. Which is what I think happened <laughs> to Sarah Holcomb. You think Sarah Holcomb, Matt, who played Maggie O'Hulan, that's why she Hooligan, disappeared from acting because she's obsessed with Cindy Morgan. Because she's uh, maybe she's obsessed with Wikipedia. Oh, maybe. I mean, it does suck you in. You do fall down rabbit hole because it's linking to this, that, and yeah. the other. And I didn't know she was a producer. <laughs> who isn't a Sex producer? Lies and Videotape? Really? Yeah, it says. Oh wow, well, that's legit. It says Cindy Morgan. Yeah, yeah. So it really sounds like it was written. I, I'm given thirty percent. 30% chance it was written by Cindy Morgan, 70% chance it was written by an obsessed fan of Cindy Morgan. Yeah, yeah I'd go with the fan. Yeah. Definitely the fan. Well, the whole, the whole, what is it, Spun Records that are, Spun Records that is her college radio station? Or, no, it's not yeah, even yeah. That. Spun Records on the radio. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really, they're just the, you, you owe it to yourselves to go look at the Wikipedia page for Cindy Morgan. Do not vandalize it. I'm not advocating that. But it, and read it in the comic book vo- guy voice because that's the, <laughs> that's totally the way I hear it in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, there's all sorts of people who you find out later down the line became producers and directors. Like there was a Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, with John M- Michael Thor, uh, like Zombie Nightmare, mm-hmm. and he's uh, I don't know if you guys remember him. He was like a bodybuilder, pro wrestler working, you know, kind of B movie guy from the eighties. And one of the the young punks that he bashes as a zombie uh, is now like the director of the Night in the Museum series. And, and <laughs> oh, I totally a, believe him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, does a bunch of stuff. Well, it's like uh, uh, Laverne and Shirley came up. Uh, Potsy Anson Williams from uh, Happy Days has been a TV director. Yeah. Probably 20-plus years now. Yeah. Yeah, some Williams. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, a lot of those guys. Well, I've been teaching a workshop. Another workshop. (laughs) Hi, my career's over. Have you taken my workshop? (laughs) In writing, acting, life coaching yourself, whatever. Uh, Did we talk about that? We talked about the the Stanhope, the comedy death camp thing back in the episodes back. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. You know, I've gotten so much out of I've gotten so much out of some workshops. Oh well, yeah, I've t- I, but, I took a ton uh, yeah. of writing ones. But it it um, well with the web series thing now, I'm starting starting. I'm seeing the mining the miners. You know, when during the gold rush, the people that made the most money were the people oh, selling yeah. pickaxes. <laughs> I just those, said that the, the, the web series people. There there's these consultants popping up and, mm-hmm. and website. Oh, well, if you want to read some how-to articles on making a web series, subscribe. Pay <laughs> money to read words about something that you can pretty much see for free everywhere on the internet. Right. Well, that's uh, that's that's one of the things that I, I kind of wanted to talk about because you've always been an advocate for transparency and that sort of thing. From I, I mean, you know, uh, people, you know, the whole submitting your uh, short films to film festivals and yeah, I really, uh, I, I I won. Uh, I finaled and scripted Palooza a long time ago with a script, and that got a bunch of stuff going. Right, but um, I I think once your you know once your name is out a tiny little bit, especially in the contest stuff, and even that, I mean the contest now there's a billion of yeah them. yeah they're ridiculous. Um, so they started popping up even more in the web series thing. That's starting to happen too. But they, there was one in Georgia that I, I worked as a private investigator for 11 and a half years right. uh, until this year. So I, um, 
could kind of use some of those skills to figure stuff out. So I reversed some numbers and ran addresses and and this screenplay contest was being run out of a trailer. Literally oh, a trailer wow. in a trailer park in Georgia. <laughs> And it was one of those, you know, they had the website and it was Hollywood Studios want your story ideas, pay millions, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and so I emailed them and I had a separate address for me. I used fake names, the whole thing. And I was like, hey, so what studios? We can't tell you because it's, <laughs> they, they don't want, they don't want, you know, because we say who it is. I'm like, right, the trail. So I called the attorney general of the state of Georgia's office found the there's some part of the consumer affairs division and and they they came down on them because they were what the, what they did wrong was that they claimed that they were running it as a non-profit uh-huh. so if you're saying you're a non-profit then you have to be registered you to state. Papers, yeah. And yeah you have to be like a non-profit corporation or at least you know umbrella under one yeah so they got shut down uh i had a guy who sent me an email and said look i love your script it's great if you send me a hundred dollars western union by tomorrow i'll get it to the president so he can read it on the plane because he's leaving tomorrow and i wrote him this long email like you are making my dreams come true this is great i will get the money right over now i can actually quit both of my jobs because i've been paying alimony and child support and <laughs> just for you to hand me my dreams like this is great and he emailed back i don't like your attitude <laughs> what <laughs> exactly so oh. so yeah so the the the, the last the big, i mean there's been a few of them i i try not like this is the one thing on twitter i try not to go nuts on right, right. some of this but uh, the action on film film festival. Please note, film film festival. <laughs> oh, it's the AOF <laughs> film festival. So what they did was they came up with the idea of a film festival, and it's only about action on film film festival. So they've been doing this, and they, you know they've had like you know names and people have got deals and whatever. So I uh, I made a short called Swear Police. Yep, and. Uh, uh, it won at the L.A. Comedy Shorts, first film festival I ever entered. It won. I'm like, oh, great. So I, I go to Movie Maker Magazine's top 25 film festivals worth the entry fee, and AOF's on it. So I get officially selected. I get my email. You're officially selected. So I, I start going through the website, which I should have done before I entered the thing. <laughs> and and I'm like, oh, wow, the award show. I definitely want to go to that. Oh, I got to get tickets. Click. And I'm like, wow, it's going to cost me alone to sit by myself to have dinner at the award show, apparently the only way to attend, $150. So for my wife and I to go to the awards show, which really, at a film festival, where does all the schmoozing and shit happen? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It happens after the awards. So $300, I can make another short for $300. Yeah, totally, totally. So I sent him an email, and I'm like, hey, I'd like to officially deselect my um, film from your film festival. I didn't realize you were running a bait-and-switch operation. <laughs> and how dare you, and we've done this. And, and the thing is, they don't sign a name. It, they sign it the AOF team. Uh-huh. So then I email, I believe her name is Jennifer Woods. I'd have to look it up. Uh, it, the, the editor-in-chief of Movie Maker Magazine emails me and says, we had no idea that they charged this money for the award show, we, you know, it may have changed our decision. And I said, well, how about you guys print like a retraction, right. a correction, something. Said, Let me talk to them. So she gets back to me. She says, well, you know, we, we talked and we kind of went over and we really kind of feel like there are some good things about it. So, so I, so I email, I, so are you going to, 
So Jennifer Wood, I believe that's her name, editor-in-chief of Movie Maker Magazine, who said in her email, this is my favorite part, we are filmmakers also. So they're doing a, they're not just selling a magazine, right, they're, right. they're also filmmakers. Right. Maybe they, so, maybe they film copies of the magazine, doesn't they? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a the, documentary. Yeah, I don't, I, it's, it seems like two really bad ways to make a living. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, hey. In this day and age, too. You <laughs> right. know? It's like print and, about film? And you make film, too. <laughs> you have That's a good published newspaper. <laughs> Do you guys have a, like a, a zine that you can <laughs> Right, exactly. Exactly. So, Staples they, are part of our overhead. So she won't, so they won't print a retraction, and uh, and I just go, you know, I blog, I, you know, and anybody who Googled it found it. Right, right. And, uh, and that was that. You know, there's really nothing you can do. I'm not going to go and, sure. you know, raise hell. So, so that was last year. So this year, I get an email from a filmmaker from Canada who got a short in the AOF Fest, figured out that it was a bait-and-switch operation, Googled, found me, emailed me, and said, hey, my film just got in. I just figured out that this is bullshit, too. And I'm like, great. I said, you got to blog about it. He's like, no, no, I don't want to mess up, you know, the vibe of my film. You know, I don't want any bad. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I guess you'll just let another sucker fall. And that's that's what it is. It's like, who, oh, yeah, yeah. who, wants, to, yeah. who, who wants to be the guy who's... You know, you know that I've done this. Like, there's a yeah. lot of people that know that I've kind but of I, but, gone but I don't, after people. But I, but me personally, because that's the sort of gadfly sort of thing that I, I don't have any problem with. I mean, I respect you for it. I think that, that calling that kind well, of thanks. bullshit out is yeah. is important. Yeah, I would I, go on the record. It doesn't make you likable. Let's say that. I always figure that the being likable, quote unquote, <laughs> is not necessarily well. I think the right people will 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 get you. No matter what, you know? I, I hope so. I think you don't I be just, a dick about it. If you're a dick yeah. about it, I think if you have a modicum of social skills and intellect, you can... Well, the thing is, I was never coming at anything yeah, for any reason that I felt was like... I, I just... Because... Because to pursue showbiz takes such a tremendous suspension of disbelief to begin with <laughs> right it's just like hey i'm gonna do this with my life this seems like a good idea <laughs> right, right, right sure right um so so you're already in that mindset when you move here and depending on where you are when you move here you um people who have kind of figured out a game to play like there was a woman i had this happen and this is this is where everything kind of comes together and and I'm kind of amazed. Um, maybe four years ago, maybe longer, uh, a writer got in touch with me because she knew that I was going after, you know, bullshit contests and pitch fests. Uh, the Hollywood Film Festival runs a pitch fest, and it's bullshit. Don't go. Uh, Carlos Diabra is the director. Uh, my lawyer is on. He's already on this, Carlos, so come to me. Uh, freedom of expression. Hey, First Amendment. You know, we would never want to go after a filmmaker who doesn't like your uh, yelling at me. I'll tell the pitch fest story and then I'll go back to the other story. So, so I won uh, a script I wrote won first place in the Hollywood Film Festival. And it was, you know, like a grand they give you. You get uh, passes. Get to the, go to the award show, which is in the same room as the Golden Globes at the at the Hilton. And it's... it's uh, um, 
John Travolta's there, Mel Gibson's there. Heather Graham walked by and, and, and she was wearing a backless gown and her back went by the side of my face and I got to look at it. Like, that's how good it was. Yeah. Okay? Be better than that. Uh, you, know, you know, my wife was there, but even, come on, it was Heather Graham's back. I mean, yeah, come on. So, so it looks like, and he's been doing this for a while. Um, so I, a couple months later, maybe a few months later, he sends me an email and he, he says, hey, you won the, the, the contest. Do you want to come to this pitch fest? And it's one of those, and it's literally, sell your idea to Hollywood. They have millions of dollars. They're looking for ideas. How, how do you think they find all these ideas? <laughs> well, of course, they, they go to Pitch Fest, because there isn't people already. Never right, mind right. the right, right. 20 years or 10 years or two years of actual working experience. <laughs> fly from no lie. Israel, Australia, fly to Los Angeles, because you read on the internet that people are have millions of dollars, and they would like to buy your <laughs> They're ideas. They're just shoveling money at this. Exactly. <sighs> so, uh, so I'd never gone to one. I'd heard about them, and I'm like, it just seems like a bad idea. Because yeah. I've been in writer's classes at UCLA and writer's groups, and you know the bad actors who think that they're actors? Same with writers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a threat. I, I was in a class with a guy who was writing a sequel to a screenplay, and he hadn't written the first one. Yeah, I swear to God, I'm not making that up. You gotta get a couple in the chamber, and then that's what it. And it was called. It was. It was. I shouldn't. Yeah, like it was called Christian Cowboy uh, Two because it was the sequel. And he was a born again uh, Christian. Which fine. uh, You want to play games and religion? I I, whatever you want to do, fine with me. But we would do table reads, and I was writing. It was my first feature, and it was this really like gritty small town thing, and uh, a lot of swearing in it. He would dub on the fly. He would literally like it would be like you motherfucker and he'd be like you girl and and I'm, wow. and, and he's like I swore a lot and since I found Jesus I don't swear anymore and I'm like really do you know how useful it is to hear the airplane version of my fucking script <laughs> you stupid fuck so I'm at the pitch fest and we're back at the pitch fest Hollywood pitch fest so people and fly in from all over the world so to get fly in it's range. gonna be like memento <laughs> so people let me check my arm for where I am in the story right now we will provide a tattoo a tattoo needle. I gotta look in the mirror and say oh yeah and I gotta figure out oh yeah my wife and the story about the pitching so um so the day one of the pitch fest because it's two days, it's a weekend. Because uh-huh. if you're flying in from Israel or Australia, yeah, you don't want to turn it around to get fisted. Why not? You know, <laughs> do it for two days. Is so, it pitch fist? Pitch exactly. <laughs> so it's day one of pitch whatever it is. So right. your dreams, Hollywood. I, I keep. I need to wake computers up and fall asleep. It's a horrible. I have a laptop it's, in front of me. Close up, Pete. Oh yeah, I'll do it. So I. Um, so day one, people practice their pitches, but they don't practice them. They do it on a microphone in front of the whole, you know, just like you do, just like you do in front of, just like you do in front of studio. Gets better. And then there's a panel (laughs) of experts who are going to give you notes on your pitch that you just said in front of, you know, a hundred people. A, you've just said your pitch in front of a hundred people. B, um, once you start to see the archetypes uh, that show up to these things, (laughs) it's like an open mic. Doing comedy. There's no difference. So this guy, he finishes his pitch. And the first question is, let me guess, the uh, sheriff in the small town is named Andy Griffith. And he was like, yeah, that's right. He's like, are you pitching a movie about the Andy Griffith show? (laughs) And he said, yes, I am. And he's like, do you own the Andy Griffith show? And he's like, that's what the last guy I pitched to said. 
Wow. So now I'm like, oh my God, that guy could be in front of me. I could, that guy could pitch the Andy Griffith show and I'm the next guy. Right, right, so right. So how they separate, I have no idea. <laughs> they do not. They, they do not. Exactly. So they I cannot. do, I do not go on mic. I, and plus it's a lottery system where they pull numbers and then you, like oh, I've done research. So on it is a shitty open mic. It's, yeah, it's a shitty, <laughs> oh, Holy crap. And day one, they put all the clipboards up for each company. Now I'd research what, which companies wanted comedies. And so you get your number picked. Now, if your number gets picked later, that clipboard fills up. You're screwed. Holy That's crap. It. Yeah. So if I had paid for it and flew from Australia or Israel to sell my dreams to Hollywood. So anyway. So then day two. <laughs> so this is the way the pitch, classic pitch fest. It's a room of tables. They've set up those hotel separator uh-huh. you know, wall things right. where you can see over them. And, oh. and you, there's a line of. You know, probably 25 people because it's probably 25 tables going, maybe 30. Carlos is standing there. There's a woman on a podium, microphone, and it's five minutes per pitch. So when it gets to four minutes, one minute left. They give you the light on top of it. And the pitch is over. Next pitch. And everybody has to get up. And then all the people standing online go and you sit. You go to the table where your company is. You sit down, introduce yourself, and you start pitching. Yeah. So I'm standing online. Oh, it gets worse. It gets so my my worse. expression of flabbergastedness you, cannot be conveyed over I mean. the podcast like, media. Like you start to think like, because I said to somebody the day before, I'm like, really? Is this the way careers start? A lottery system, clipboards, a pit? Really? The guy from <laughs> the guy with Andy Griffith is? You're standing online. And as you're standing online as a writer, you're, you know, A, you want to find the company you're going to pitch to. Sure. But I'm also just watching as a human being, other human beings. And the human beings that are listening look like they're in pain. <laughs> yes. I was I was going to say, who are the schmucks from these companies? Well, and that's the thing. Do so they draw so, short I mean, straws? And... A, lot, a lot of it's, you know, a system to an right, assistant. Right, right. Uh, some of it's just tiny companies. Uh, uh, some of it's just bullshit. Right. Um, so, so I'm watching this one guy. And when... People, because I've watched probably maybe two or three rounds of pitching as I'm standing in line because the line right. curves. So when you come around, you get a better view. He had made a sign. And when you sit down at the table, he doesn't make eye contact with you. He points, points to, to the, the sign. sign. <laughs> and you're to read that sign. And I can read the sign from where I'm standing and it says no comedy. He doesn't want to see any comedy. I write comedy. Oh, that guy's off the list. So as I'm standing there, so next pitch goes, I'm a little further in line. And Carlos Diabro, he knows me because I want his his bullshit. And this is the thing that ticked Carlos off the day before. The Saturday when the guys are practicing pitching, part of your, your win when you win the screenplay contest first place on top of the money is, uh, you know, they give it to producers. So I asked him, hey, so <laughs> where's my script been? You know, not like that, but hey, Carlos, I just, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wanted You're to shop it around. Is there any way I can find out who you sent my script to? Because it'd be very useful for a manager or agent to know, you know, where it's been so they don't take it there. I think I figured out the only place where you can get a career out of a room full of clipboards, tables, and lotteries if you're getting inducted into the military. Yes, that, <laughs> that would be true. your only place yes. that you would be. So if you're joining the Marines or something, absolutely. <laughs> I could see lining up and having people give you five-minute interviews about things. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm at the pitch fest. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, uh, so, I'm, so I'm standing in line. And I look at this the table with the guy with the sign that says no comedy. And Carlos comes up to me and he says, Joe, Joe, there's a, there's a table open. And, and I'm like, 
yeah, I said, I'm, I'm getting ready for next pitch. And, and he's like, well, you just, you know, go over there, do a quick pitch. And I'm like, well, I really, you know, kind of want to focus on. And he's like, Joe, just go over, say hi, take you two seconds. I'm like, all right, you're right. So I go around the corner, I take two steps. It's the guy with the sign. No comedy. <laughs> he has nobody in front of him. Guess who I don't want to talk. And I, I turn around, I walk right back, get back in line. He's like, Joe, what are you doing? He's got an accent. I don't know what it is, but I'm doing it. Right, so, right, right. And I'm like, that guy doesn't want to come Joe, just introduce yourself. You don't understand how this business works. Joe, I wrote, I wrote a book about how to make it in Hollywood. And, and he, so he's coming at me and I'm like, hey, Carlos, I'm going to concentrate on the next pitch. How about this? I'm going to run my company. You run your company. Okay? <laughs> While there's a people, writers around, the director <laughs> of the Hollywood Film Festival, douchebag Carlos Diabru. <laughs> so... So then, at the end of the argument, next pitch. I gotta go pitch. So I'm all fucking. Yeah, you're all angry. Come around. Go, go sell. Go sell that comedy. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna sell this. <laughs> it's hilarious. A fucking hilarious comedy. Uh, you don't so like it? I'll knock your teeth in. <laughs> I get my. I get to my table, and there's an old man, early hundreds <laughs> old man pitching. So the woman, uh, I want to say, it was Brooklyn Films, like it matters, and uh, <laughs> and he won't stop pitching. His pitch is over. He won't stop. Well, this may be the last thing he ever pitches. That is true. <laughs> and who maybe he flew from Wyoming, I don't know. So uh, so I look back at the woman at the podium like, hey, everyone else is sitting. I'm the only person standing in a room full of pain and ideas. And and, and this guy won't get up. And I look at him and she, she just, she, she like motions. She's like, like. Make him get up. Make Knock him, get him out of the way. Like, yeah, just pick him up and just... Oh, he's, he's old. He's frail. Right. He's like a bag of sticks. So he finally gets up, just defeated. Just, oh, just... And he walks away, and I sit down, and this woman is like... She's like, I feel like I just said no to my grandfather. <laughs> and she's like, I feel like I'm, like, I'm helping this film festival, run, like, run a scam. She's actually saying this. So to yeah, me. Awesome. I haven't started pitching yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> so we're both. So I start telling her about busting the screenplay contest and all this other shit, and and the guy who wanted a hundred bucks for notes, and <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, yeah. So and we're just kvetching about all the bull. And she's like, these ideas. And yeah, I know. Yesterday, the Andy Griffiths show. Yesterday, no way. <laughs> and she's finally, oh, tell me about your idea because the time, clock's been running right, right, the right. whole time. And. I give her a call. Oh, that sounds great. Give me one sheet. Give her one sheet. Never hear from her again. And uh, so this is before lunch. So I've done one pitch now. No, nice. two. I did two pitches. So we break for lunch, and I, I call a friend of mine, and I explain the situation. I'm like, I just, like, you know how I am. I just feel like this is complete bullshit. It's a waste of time. It's it's a fucking circle jerk. Uh, people are paying money. I'm doing this for free, and I can see it's bullshit. Right. People are over here. Like I'm I'm not wrong, right? This is this is a horrible idea. Human beings should not sell like this. Bad. <laughs> Stop. Right. Totally leave. And I just left. I left. I didn't go back. And I'm like, what? Like there has got to be because what you want to do when you move here, you want to be a good employee. Sure. You know, you want to be like, okay, well, so what do I do? I, all right, so I get a commercial agent, and then I get a theatrical agent, and then I get into Screen Actors Guild, and, you, and you do all that. Okay, I'm a writer's assistant. I'm a writer. Oh, I wrote a spec screenplay. I won a contest. I got an agent. All those little, yeah. the right things. Oh, yeah. I can write. Sure, I'll work for free. I've done that abundant. Well, I'll work for free. Sure. Fuck me over. That'd be great, because I'm new, <laughs> and sure, that'd be great. That's the way it works in this business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, look, you know, and that was, I worked for some guy. He'd sold a... a newbie script and and it, you know i did the research this is how i got in touch with the guy 2.2 million dollars yeah. spec and he loved one of my scripts wanted me to write another one 
uh, his idea. He was going to be the producer with his buddy who came up with the idea, who was a gynecologist on Rodeo Drive. Of course, of course. <laughs> who had to go to his gynecology practice on Rodeo Drive. Like the real, like the tourist Rodeo yeah. Drive. He has a penthouse gynecology practice. We have lunch at a hair salon across the street <laughs> on, on a balcony so he can meet me to find out if he likes me and he thinks I'm funny. So I can write their horrible script for free. Because I'm an idiot. That's why. Holy crap. And it was so, such a horrible idea. I should pitch the entire thing now. And let's say it was another ripoff of Groundhog Day. Let's say. (laughs) Let's say. Yeah. So, uh, and I I eventually walked on it. And, and, And I should have. I should have taken them. I should have taken money. And that movie was was Armageddon. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, But that's the thing. It's like, so, all right. So. So maybe five years ago, a writer gets in touch with me, and she said, I gave $13,000 to a producer's rep to sell my screenplay. Now, a producer's rep is somebody that you hire after you've made a feature film when you go to a film festival. They're kind of like, just for the festival, they're like your, you know, they work it, they, you know, they know yeah. everybody, they take meetings, and they're like your rep. And, you, and they do get paid up front, and that, uh, I, that is the way it works, fine. Sure. That is not the way screenplays are sold. And scene. <laughs> so this producer's rep, um, I will say that her first name rhymes with Gage. So uh, so Gage had pulled a fast one on a writer who was from like Baltimore or something. And she came to town. She won some kind of contest. This woman found her. Said, oh, you know, give me $13,000 because that's what it costs, you know, for a year. <laughs> And she wanted more money now to keep going. Mm. They had passed the year. So this woman's like, you know, what What can I do? I said, you signed a contract, didn't you? She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you're kind of screwed because yeah. you've paid the money. It's gone. And, and what you want to do is get the screenplay back. The music on this episode is a composition called Powerless to Resist by Jason Steele. Him and his wife, Mindy Abair, do the music for the Vampire Mob web series. You can hear her saxophone at the beginning of every episode. And if you want to check out her music, she is at M-I-N-D-I-A-B-A-I-R.com. And be sure to listen for her and Jason's music all through the web series. Now back to our conversation with Joe Wilson. For those of you who may have noticed a difference in tone, <laughs> we did a re-plug. Yeah, so we're having a little mic issue, so... Hopefully it'll it'll be uh, easy for folks to understand, but uh, disclaimer ended. All right. Uh, so, so the so, producer yeah. rep. Uh, so she's screwed. So she's so, locked into a contract. Yeah, yeah. I, and I explained her, you know, that that you're you're just a dumb out of towner from Baltimore who you, you got fleeced. Who, who, yeah. Who the thing is, like the woman had just done, she had credits. She had really worked on right. things, but she and the thing is, you call yourself a producer's rep. You know, the agents, uh, there's labor laws that they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Managers do whatever the fuck they want. Producers do whatever the fuck. How I got into the Screen Actors Guild was through a fake management company that uh, a few other comedians I knew when I first moved here started. And and it was an access database. We all had each other's headshots. We switched off being the agent every week. We got the breakdowns when it was black market, like facts. Nice. And uh, so we'd submit each other for commercials, TV, whatever. And I got on a sitcom pilot. Uh, it was DreamWorks. Uh, Michael J. Fox producing. Tracy Pollan was in it. 
Sweet. Uh, uh, Tony Roberts from like Woody Allen movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forever. Uh, it was supposed to be Joan Rivers playing herself, and then it was Phyllis Diller playing herself. <laughs> And, I thought you were going to say Phil Stiller playing Joan Rivers. No, yeah. Wow, that would be yeah, meta. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, like, on a Friday, we did a network run-through. Oh, and Barnett Kelman was directing it, who did all the Murphy Browns. Yeah, sure. And he was going to shoot hand... He did. He shot it handheld. So this is 98. Wow. So nobody was doing... Like, there were guys sitting on Apple boxes with cameras <laughs> on their shoulders shooting a sitcom on, like, Stage 29 at Paramount. And they had pre-shot stuff in New York. And, and it was one of those sitcoms, like, we shot our pilot in November. Like, it was one of those weird... They had, so they already had footage, and we... And it was one of those things, like, other friends of mine were like, you got on what? And I'm like, <laughs> it's a nothing. It's a, it, I was playing a, uh, an eccentric advertising executive who wore his pajamas to work. I had two scenes... Two different sets of pajamas. <laughs> I had my night pajamas for a fancy party. Of and course. I had day pajamas for, you know. Well, you got to dress. You have to dress for dinner. And, uh, cool. and it was a nothing role where they would just talk about me. And I was supposed, I was the king of the, like, I was above Tony Roberts. Like, uh-huh. I started seeing, like, Tony Roberts shaking his hand, like, you piece of shit, just go away. And Tony, like, oh, the crazy ad executive. And the, the, the live audience shooting was um, six hours. When I left, so <laughs> one a.m. They still wow. had two scenes and an exterior to get on Melrose with a car. Didn't get picked up. Yeah, Didn't get picked up. <laughs> but uh, so so jump cut to uh, uh, from the lady who with the producers rep say five years ago, whenever that was, to no lie, three weeks ago. Web series guy out of town gets in touch with me. Says, "Hey, it's producers rep." Wants to shop my web series to TV networks and foreign distributors, and they want fifteen thousand dollars for a one-year retainer. And I'm like, "What's her name?" And he's like, "It rhymes with Gage." <laughs> it's the same scam. Holy it's crap! Like these scammers are walking around like, "Hey, so what's the new hot thing? A web series?" Let's see, how can we screw them? Let me throw some credits on and say that I'll shop your web series for 15000 And this is the thing. The first Holy time crap. I went around with this producer's rep, I was posting on a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. Somebody got in touch with me and said, look, I was an intern and then I was an assistant at this company. She will sue your pants off. I've seen her do it. She will blow money just for revenge. Don't play right, right, with right. fire. She was the only person I haven't like all out just gone after. Right. Yeah, because <clears throat> I don't want to. I've been sued for sure, sure. Threatened with a defamation suit for a, a video protest that I put up because uh, a guy who's a conservator had two houses that were across the street from me that he did not board up properly and are full of squatters and somebody got raped and and uh, had worked with the city to get the gang out. A couple of gang kids lived there and then. He wasn't. He was like an hour away. Like he didn't give a shit. And right. it was in Hollywood. And Slumlord was, would be the yeah. Word. So and actually, that was his his website name was Robert J. Dutiel of DutielTax.com. Drop by and visit Robert. He's a douchebag. So Robert. <laughs> so I set up DutielSlumlord.com uh, and had it aimed at a YouTube channel. Nice. So after working with the city, eighteen months of him not boarding it up because he boarded up and literally you just pull it off. Yeah, right sure. Hand. So. Uh, and I sh- so I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shame this guy. So 18 months, nothing. 10 days, three videos, boarded up, done. 
because that guy, because I went in the houses, I called the cops, the cops would show up, I'd shoot them arresting people, pulling people out of the house, put it up on the internet, his name's all over it. Yeah, that, that got <laughs> stuck done quick. Yes. Yeah, do not. But then I start getting served and served and served. And I'm like, and his lawyer, was, like I worked for lawyers. Right, right. I was a PI. That's all I did. So... You know, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go to law school. But I can read a letter and go, hey, you know what? Your deadline dates don't make any sense. You've got typos, the timeline. Right, you right. want this done by this date because it's going to ruin this thing that happens. Like they said, I, I was ruining the closing of the house. And they were going to sue me for the money. They were going to lose. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Fucking. Yeah. Was, they're, just putting, they're just putting, pulling shit out of their place. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. But, 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 yeah, I, I think that. You know, I, in Hollywood, most people, you know, they want to go kind of quietly and... and or they're, or and, they're ashamed when they get, you know, when they, they get scammed oh, or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, and yeah. maybe that's more the case. I think actually. that's... I, well, I think that's really how con artists, you know, manage to stay it's, it's, afloat. It's, it's like a, a, a fiscal rate. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. is. I've had this conversation with my wife because I, I mean, although I do the show and some acting and... and primarily writing uh before that i did uh i was a musician i still do music and it's definitely harder to do music out here oh, than yeah. when i was in phoenix but well i was in boston before this it was a completely even i was writing and performing same thing yeah different yeah. like human beings look for things to do in other cities in la no one is yeah. interested in doing anything yeah. <laughs> but <it's> just <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't want to do that and i i, I just don't understand why I, this is gonna sound very naive i'm sure oh, yeah. it's like dude do people really come out to L.A. just to scam other people? Like, they don't want to make a legitimate yeah. living, like, producing, writing, directing. Or they've told themselves a story that they really are helping. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I, I, I have a really good book on cold reading. And, and you know, it's cold reading, for those of you who don't know, is basically fake psychics. Right. Um, you know, the ability to oh, throw yeah. out... So the, the ability to throw out... Shotgun a number of facts out and... You, you as the person who's being read, will read into, you know, yep. I'm going to say, there's someone in your life, the first name is A, because of A, maybe they're, uh, Jean, you know, what's that? One of my sisters. Yes. Her name starts with A. Uh, yeah, is it, is it, um, is it Anna or Anne? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's Ariana, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, so cold reading, and, 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 and they're... You guys, this is, you're tuning in right now to the actual, Jean actually I'm doing, I'm doing it's amazing, amazing. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and... Read me next! <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, there are cold readers who haven't been trained necessarily, or they've been trained in the process, but they believe themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's true. I think that there are people out there who think that they're legit, and they're not. Right. But Or they've been in the business, and this is, you know, they think they're in the business, and they're not, you know. Yeah, and there's a lot. It's it's the kind of, it's the life coach, career consultant, right. script doctor. Um, I remember some guy who had a writer's group that was really a class but it was a writer's group right. but it was a class because you had to pay <laughs> sure. and, but it was a group because we were all reading each other's scripts and giving each other's notes except for that one guy that we paid right. it was his house right. he'd give notes too but and really, it wasn't like five bucks for beer no, or chips. no, no, no sure. it was it like yeah and it was like, uh, you oh, can use my house you just throw five bucks in the kitty yeah. so that we can yeah, buy yeah. snacks yeah it was more like you've, right. seen, you've seen my my credits right I've written on mm. things and Plus those uncredited movies. Don't forget about those. Yeah, so yeah. worked on a lot of stuff behind the scenes. A lot, uh, a lot of punch up. A lot of punch a lot up. Of, yeah, yeah, and that, and that's the thing is like eh, maybe you know maybe not. Uh, uh, I, honestly, the all the frustration and all the 
probably the thing, the 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 real businessy thing was for me was screenwriting. Like I really like play like play that like an employee. Like mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna do this. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I got I got I can pitch it nine words. It's high concept and and, and had hello and had people telling me. Uh, you're gonna, dude, you're going to be a millionaire. You know, you start hearing that from industry people who were really working, really doing stuff, right. and you start believing it. And yep. then after a few years go by, and it's like, hey, really? So that's <laughs> not working at all. There's no. Oh. I am not a millionaire. I either. Well, that's one of the reasons why I really didn't even consider comedy at all for 20 years. Because I because I grew up here and I saw the people who yeah. you know were battering their heads against the rocks, and it's like. No, you know what? I've got a day job. I'm going to do stuff I like, and if I yeah. make money at it, oh, that would be nice, right? You know. And, and but I think that's the the kind of what I came like stand up. I just love stand up. I started oh, yeah, doing yeah. stand up in Boston, yeah. and it's I've made money at it. I've never made a living at yeah, it. Right. Um, I all, most of my friends are stand ups. So that's where I kind of you know I landed here when. I was going to an open mic at Pedersen's. You did, did you ever go to Pedersen's? Yeah. Um, Van Sanders ran it, and I think it's been going for like fifteen years, maybe sixteen years. Wow. Um, but in ninety, I got here in ninety-seven. It was Zach Galifianakis and Maria Bamford, and that's where I met Jackie Cation. Nice. And uh, uh, my, I had a comedy writing partner for a show that we co-wrote and performed. It was a. Uh, she was female, and it was a we do stuff together, solo stuff, and it was like an hour and a half of sketches. It was like thirty-one sketches. We had like thirty-second sketches, six-minute stuff, and and it would just go, and and uh, that that show got noticed out here, and and that's kind of how, how the whole thing got rolling. And she, um, her name is Mary Keith O'Brien. I'm sure. I'm sure she's around somewhere. I have no idea where. She moved to the East Coast. That's less her. <laughs> so uh, that woman was Phyllis Stewart. That's <laughs> and she uh, so she got married in in uh, Zach's Zach Galifianakis's uh, backyard. And nice. my, my wife was the best uh, or the matron of honor. Okay, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it turns it. So it was weird. Like we went to go see um, uh, due date, <laughs> and so it was like, wow, that's so still. It's still like, but. We're, the thing with Zach that amazes me is that he... I mean, he had stuff going on then. He had, sure, like, sure. He had a development deal, and, and I remember talking to him. Well, he was doing Late World. Yeah, well, he actually... Ago, plus, he was on Apartment, like, 2F before that. Oh, right, right. He had a... I don't know if... I don't know if he had, like, a deal that turned into the Late Night Show or whatever it was, but it was... He's one of those... And it's... it's all this is rare. Mm-hmm. But... And to see somebody who's, you know... Who... He just, like... His who he is in his comedy and and has turned into who he is as an actor yeah. and now yeah. has turned into who he is in characters that are written for him right, to right, act right. and I'm like how did the stoner you know with the absurdist uh, comedy and a little uh, new age piano skill uh, how did that guy turn that actually into a viable career it's amazing but it's taken a very long time oh no I'm not but I think but I'm not saying overnight I'm yeah. saying at all right. well because I think but see this is the thing is I think he has a certain appeal absolutely to to you know uh, I, I don't want I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the, the correct demographic but he has a certain appeal to I think you know people would people want would want to give him deals 
And now I think America is kind of coming around to seeing his face oh, and, they totally and, have. And, 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 and grokking what he's, what well, he's doing. Well, it's much like in music. I mean, there's a lot of shitty bands on the radio, yeah. and then every once in a while, something really good. Right. If it doesn't break out even into the mainstream, like, you know, I liked Nirvana. Nirvana came from underground, you know, background. But, uh, I mean, there's plenty of musicians now who... They're they're out there. They're not necessarily the most famous, the yeah. most rich. They're not on. I don't know what music videos, if any, MTV plays anymore. But you know, no. maybe they're not even no. getting major radio play. But you know, they do good on sales. They do good live yeah. shows. Well, there is the, there's the, like the Amy Mans, the Andy yeah. Francos, who have all, always kind of. And I really think that's. And that was the one thing in in uh, comedians of comedy. That was the one thing that that uh, the idea that the Pat talked about in it. Um, was to to treat comedy like those bands yeah. that yes. you know they're kind of technically probably like college bands but they can be around for 15 20 oh, years yeah. right, right. and sure. just tour and sell their CDs and sell t-shirts yeah, and, and make a living like a middle class like yeah. they don't have a day job they're not rich there's no mansion but yeah, yeah. they can raise kids and yeah. and, and it's a career yeah. you can pay your mortgage and yeah and i think that kind of stuff and that's really, I think, the the his idea with 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 comedians of comedy was to take all the horrible things about stand up in a comedy club, put it in a rock club, and just kind of let it be treated almost like jazz, yeah. Yeah. and and really focus on the live experience and and make it for you know it's not the the and this has been said before it's not the idea of oh it's comedy what kind of comedy it's comedy comedy oh okay let me go see that that's <laughs> the funny good. kind yeah uh, so I. I so for me now, looking at making a web series, what has been really cool about it is like when you look at when you look at sort of the history of media and the history of of, of media conglomerate communications. When it went from three networks to a billion networks, they were already like chopping off their arms and legs. I mean, you know, NBC owns a bunch of stations, ABC yeah. owns a bunch of stations, Viacom. So they're already eating into their own audience by niche, by history yeah. channel, food channel. There's a cooking channel that's different than the food channel. This right. is the cooking channel. And then there's the lifestyle channel, which covers cooking topics and travel right. topics. Right. Right. Which, so, yeah. it, so it's saturation. Already, it's market so it's saturation. Been, it's like niche, 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 niche. Yeah. Now you throw web series into it. Now you throw the reality of DVRs. You throw the reality of Google TV, of uh, Hulu, of all of this, everything is now so niche that that the collective experience of going to a live movie, like uh, you know, being with a live audience, right. seeing the movie, is kind of the only place that that happens, other than theater. So, and that's that's mostly a city thing. I mean, yeah. there's little tiny theaters, but it's mostly so. In terms of something that is kind of nationwide for this country, movies are the now the collective yeah. thing, other than an American Idol, a Dancing with the Stars, something that's got some kind of rating, or sports, Super Bowl, whatever. Yeah. That, but otherwise, it's all niche. Yeah. And now when it's on demand, we're not even watching it at the same time. So now you throw in, because the way I look at web series, and most people look at it like, and, and, and I think it's stupid to some degree, but it's happened enough. And that's why this gold rush thing, yeah. that's why the suspension of disbelief, that's why, you know, producers, reps can, can get into this is because... There's been enough uh, Reese the Series, Sanctuary, uh, uh, Children's Hospital, mm -hmm. Technically Ugly Americans. Um, those came from the web. Yeah. So yeah. once once that happened, now everybody's making a TV pilot. 
I mean, they're not they're not shooting a web series. Right, right. They're shooting on Reds. Yeah. Right, right, right. And there is not a monitor that exists, <laughs> period, in, on the planet that can you can see how good that is. It doesn't exist because there's so much resolution. There <laughs> right. isn't a monitor that can show that right, resolution. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So you, now you've just <laughs> compress it, put it on YouTube, you fucking jackass. <laughs> so so I think what what what's now happened is that this becomes for me, it is it's like Indie film from like the late eighties, early nineties. It's but it's indie TV, and it's and it's a way to. I mean, I it's a really short. You know, if you watch all Vampire Mob, uh, it's I, a half hour. I, I watched all Vampire Mob oh, today. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. And I loved it. Oh, thanks. So we watched it last night. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Thanks mm-hmm. very much. Yeah, and it's and that thing is we shot on ten year old cameras. It's not an HD. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest crew was three. Smallest crew was Oh, and one. it looks at Joe. It looks yeah, it does. It does. Three lights. Uh, I can see them in the wine glasses often. Yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> and if you blow it up on your big screen, you can really see it. Um, but it was, but the reality of it was, this is how fast yeah. I need to do this. None of our shoot days were longer than four hours. Yeah, no, that's But you, you have good matters. writing. You have good okay. actors. Yeah. yeah. Good ca- story. cast on this yeah. is just yeah. crazy. And well, it, 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 um, whatever technical issues you have because you're not, you know, giving being given a big budget and a bunch of, you know... I was the budget, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. So, and it, it transcends those, you know, quote-unquote problems and you still have something quality. It, and it's the same like, uh, and I keep going back to the music analogy, you can have a great garage band. Yeah, uh, garage, Not garage band, the program, which always screws up on me <laughs> when I'm crazy. But a band in a, who plays in a garage... Yeah. A garage, oh. a garage bass band. Did, 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 it, did it blow up? <laughs> garage band just screwed up just then. You see? <laughs> um, you know, band that plays in a garage or a, a dinky bar somewhere, and it's just as awesome as, yeah. probably more awesome than the stadium rock, you know? Well, it's definitely more awesome than most stadium rock. Some stadium rock's pretty awesome, though. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah. for me, it's almost, it's more like theater on the internet. It's yeah. more like a black box theater yeah. instead of... Shooting a movie. I mean, our light kit was three lights. They're all soft boxes. That's it. That's all we have time for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I know. And that's all you need on the web for the most part. I mean, really. Well, seriously. The, thing, the thing about it is, the the. I mean, we'll shoot in HD for the next season. Right. That's why uh, I'm fundraising. I've been yeah. fundraising. We want to talk about that forever. Let's, let's talk a little bit uh, in detail about Vampire Mob. Now, when I initially heard about this, I was like, okay, Joe Wilson. It's going to be funny. Vampire Mob, what I expected was a, oh, it's going to be like a funny take, like a parody of a mm. Vampire Meets Mobsters. Yep. And it's that, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's just the characters. I mean, that's yeah. the, the, the characters are that, but it's not, yeah. it's not, it's, it's, it's greater than the sum of its parts, I think. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, and, and the thing is, I think most people have exactly, and I think some people won't watch it because they're like I know what this is hey look, I'm a vampire hey you want some blood no. <laughs> look at me sucking blood over here yeah. <laughs> oh. onto my zipper I'm so full of blood oh, oh. oh. Uh. so yeah, much blood oh. yeah. whack that guy and then drink and it sounds like you know it's gonna be and you know from the the initial pitch like what I the, the kind of the log line I heard about it was you know and his mother-in-law moves in right and it's like okay so it's a really funny premise but it it, it goes way into detail beyond the premise it actually has some like you know drama to it yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that, and that, that was the one thing when I I um, 
When I was doing Dr. Mardozo's Traveling Sideshow, uh, the podcast, um, working with, like, I'd write sketches, I'd have people come over, and, and we would do, like, fake NPR stories, so it would be, you know, multiple backgrounds, and John Colella, who is the vampire hitman in, in Vampire Mob, uh, played a reporter in one of those, so that was four years ago, five years ago, um, and working with, it's going to sound horrible, but working with comedians who act, doing comedy, they go to the comedy first. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote Swear Police, uh, the only John Vargas, who's a stand-up, uh, is the only comedian. Yeah. All the other cast are actors first. And the thing is, those actors went to DePaul, Goodman. They are Chicago, like Goodman, fucking trained actors. Right, right, right. Uh, Ramey Hall also went, uh, who plays Annie. Uh, she also went there. And, and I've seen John in. John Kalel, I've seen him, I don't know, five plays, and I've seen Ramey maybe three, and seen both of them do stuff on TV, and they're just, they're fucking crazy talented. I mean, it's unbelievable. And now, you know, John and I, like, drove around in a car, you know, we right, right, right. drove around in a car with a camera, and he's got the, yeah. we're just shooting, and and just, and, and like, there were a couple of takes where I was like, wow, this is like, yeah, that was great, right. man. And it's, and it's like, we're friends, we're, you know, it's yeah. not like a... And there's no camera car. Like, he's really driving yeah. the car. Right, 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 right. He's really going to pay attention. And there's, and there's a really cops driving by, and we really don't have a permit. And it's right. really bad. <laughs> and we've got two 45s in the car and two switchblades. Let me explain. Blood. <laughs> Let yeah. me explain, officers. This yeah, is but, for but, a web, yeah. web series. Yeah, I have to ask because, I mean, um, besides just. The awesome actors, which include Chris Mulkey, who yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed on. I don't know if you remember um, Bakersfield PD. It oh. was it was like and also arresting behavior. Chris Mulkey was mm-hmm. on two different shows about cops, two comedy shows oh, about cops, funny. and one was a uh, very pre Reno nine one one, where it was like docu really style. Oh, look it up. Cops. Yeah, that's called arresting behavior. But Bakersfield PD was Giancarlo Esposito yeah. as a. He's a uh, cop who moves from Washington, D.C. to Bakersfield because him and his wife uh, are trying to have a baby. It turns out that the doctor who's helping them has actually inseminated all the kids' uh, moms with his it's his sperm. Uh, so they have to all move to different places so that the kids won't meet and have wow. two-headed babies. That's so, the front end on the show. So he Jesus. becomes a cop in Bakersfield, which is much more slower paced than you know the murder capital of the world. Washington, D.C., or, I don't know, it's Detroit oh, one yeah. week and Washington, D.C. in the United States. Uh, D.C.'s usually got it, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, not enough people, there's not enough people in Detroit anymore. Detroit used to be the murder capital of the world in the 80s. Yeah, yeah they exactly. They moved out. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> maybe, it's like the, maybe it's like the cannibalism capital yeah. of the yeah, yeah, world yeah. at this point. Although but, probably parts of the Sudan. And then the, the rest in behavior was uh, Chris Mulkey and Ron Eldard. Wow, I gotta yeah. look those up. Yeah, oh, yeah. That'd be weird to see those two yeah. on screen together. Yeah, Chris. Um, and, and they show up. And and they're great, but what impressed me even more than that was this castle location. And yeah, where the hell did you get that? A friend of mine lives in a castle. <laughs> it's, I mean, I literally, I had the scene written. I um, that was the only part. Like Chris, I I've known Chris for a little over a year. Like personally, he um, every the third Sunday of every month, I do this thing at the Roskin Group Theater almost every single month. Um, where it's called the Cafe Plays. They've been doing it monthly for six years. And five writers meet at a cafe in Santa Monica at 9 a.m. on Sunday 
you're handed two headshots, a theme, and you have four hours to write a play. And then that's handed off to the cast at 1.30, and a director, assistant director, they work it, and then at 7.30, they put the plays up, and at 7.30 and 9, so we have an opening show and a closing show. And Mulkey, <laughs> that's badass, by Mulkey the way. almost writes every single month. Oh, wow. So the first time I, actually the first play I wrote was Vampire Mob, was a scene I didn't want to shoot. Uh, which was Don becoming a vampire. And I think part of the, even when I pitched it to John and he's, he's admitted this, uh, um, he, he was like, really? Vampires and the mafia? Really? I'm like, no, 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 you gotta, no, wait, it's not, hold on. <laughs> so, uh, and I cooked it for a long time. And it was going to be a one-off like Square Police because we wanted to, there was, there was a Square Police too. Phil Lamar was attached and ready to go. And one of the cast members uh, uh, got cancer, and we uh. had to reschedule twice, three times, and then it was like, I gotta, I gotta shoot something, and this thing sort of just came up. Um, so I, uh, so Chris, Chris was supposed to direct um, John Colella in Italian American Reconciliation, which was written by Mike, Michael Patrick Shanley, who wrote. Um, Moonstruck, and uh, so it's a, like a twenty-five-year-old play, and so Chris, uh, I don't know if he got cast or his play got. He also writes and he does film, and, and that's the thing with Malky's like he's a musician. He's got a yeah. blues band. He and I've seen his blues band play, yeah. and it's at the theater. It's great. He writes plays. He writes movies. He's working on this indie TV show thing he, that he's, he's doing. Boardwalk Empire. He's on Boardwalk yeah. Empire. He's on Boardwalk Empire. He was on sure. Twin Peaks. That was the yes, first time yes. I remember seeing. Yes. And that was the thing that shooting. So I, I had that scene, that whole scene written, and uh, a friend of mine. It's this house in the hills. That it's a regular house. And in I guess seventy three, the, the guy who owned it was a porn producer and a pot dealer. And he had a lot of Corvettes, I guess. One caught on fire, and he decided to take the insurance money and turn his house into a castle. So he, <laughs> he, he drew the facade of a castle, and one of his neighbors was a set builder who had worked on Magic Mountain, so he knew all the fake stuff sure. and shit. So they just literally just started slapping a castle on the <laughs> facade, and then they kept going. So then there's a tunnel. Like, there's a 25-foot tunnel that goes into the living room. And, and so the weird thing is that they, I get the, they got the house like 10 years ago. She said, a couple years after the guy, this guy knocks on the door, older guy, and he's like, hey, he's like, I did this. It was the guy who made the house in New Castle. He's like, I live in Vegas now, but I was in town visiting friends. I just want to stop by. He's like, do you want pictures? I have all these pictures of us doing. She's like, yeah, yeah. So we sent all these pictures. So it's him, like house, regular house <laughs> in the hills, and then it slowly, they build the stuff. His name isn't John, is it? I don't know. You know what he looks like? I'm, uh, I probably, only from 1973. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> all the pictures are, it's him, different girl, different Corvette, different girl, different Corvette, <laughs> castle in the background, every picture. Oh, no, no, the, 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 dude, oh, the dude who owned the house. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the, the dude who built, no, who, no. who did the construction, the guy who worked for Magic Mountain. Because no, no, no. I know a lot of those oh, Magic Mountain oh, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this guy, okay, I, right, yeah, never mind. This guy, circa, never mind. circa 73. Too. Never mind. But, uh, uh, so, so there, there was even more stone. There was like a, a stone closet, a stone bar. They had to tear a lot of it down because it had termites in it. But they left, you know, the the room where the drug deal happens. Essentially, is the way right. that the, all that is is that's going to the annoying pot dealer. That is all <laughs> oh, that yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah, absolutely. is. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and and the weird thing is, like, I wrote it for some, another actor that you would know that I'm not going to say because he took forever to say no. <laughs> and then another actor who took a little longer to say no. I didn't have any of these. Like Marshall Wallace, I'm like. 
I wrote it with you in mind. I worked with her on something before, and and she's like, I usually don't do this stuff, but this sounds fun, and said yes. But she's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing is like working. You know, she's been in the biz for like forty years. Yeah. And so to have somebody a say yes, and it's like I, you know, I grew up on on watching Bob Newhart reruns, like, and I grew up on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that's the thing. It's like I'll say Mrs. if I'm Scrabble. talking to somebody of a certain age, I'll say, you know, Mrs. Scrabble, and I'll say, oh, you know, Carol from the Bob Newhart show, and then because I've said the Bob Newhart show, and then they say, oh, the one where he has an in, no, no the good damn one. you, yes. yes. Uh. <laughs> so um, yeah, so so Mulkey, Chris Mulkey is. We're, we're, we shot the scene in the tunnel first, and uh, how did we do that? No, we did the yeah yeah we did all the tunnel stuff first. We did the opening tunnel, and then we did the closing tunnel, and we do the closing. So I'm getting John Colella's single, so I'm shooting over Mulkey's shoulder, mm-hmm. and the, it's so tight in there. Literally, the boom had to be like snuck in under my arm. <laughs> I'm right. shooting with a steady cam, it's a glide cam, so it's right. like an arm with a counterweight. And it's like I had to work out to be able to run this thing. And uh, um, the first couple of takes, I had a cold. I literally went from, I, I was, I bear, I, it was one of the things like I'm willing myself not to get sick. We're shooting with Marshall Ballas. And I'm like, all week, I'm like, oh, I'm getting sick. I'm like, no. We get through that shoot. And I literally, I drive home. I grab the camera. I said, leave it Put the car in the garage. All the shit's in the car. Go to bed for five days. Oh, dude. Wow. Get out of bed, pick up the cameras, go back to the car, drive to the castle, and I'm shooting with Mulkey. Well, at least you already loaded up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Didn't need to change a thing. And uh, so the first, first take, call cut, and somebody's like, there's a weird sound in the tunnel, and, the, and sound does weird shit in there. And I'm like, I'm on, I'm on headphones. I'm monitoring. I don't hear a damn thing. Second take. Call cut, and I hear this weird noise, and my friend comes in, and she's like, uh, uh, "Joe, it's you." And I'm like, "What do you mean? It's you breathing?" You wheezing. It was like <laughs> in the tunnel. <laughs> I couldn't hear it because I'm monitoring, you know, so it's being boomed. I don't hear it. it sounds great. So uh, she's like, "Take the gum out of your mouth," because I always shoot with gum. And uh, so, so, uh, so we we do the first part, and then we do the second part. So Mulkey, I'm shooting Mulkey's single, and uh, and he waves goodbye, and he walks backwards, and he walks backwards into the tunnel, and I'm I'm, I'm so I'm like looking through, and I'm like, this looks like fucking Twin Peaks. Holy shit, it's <laughs> red and all, and I'm just trying to be like cool, and like, oh, that was great. I love the wave, shot. and all the, and I'm like, Chris, oh, that was great on the switch. And he's like, yeah, I'll get it on the reverse. Oh, that's great because he's like, so he can get the you know his wave, he matches it on John's single, so I got that beautiful cut, but it's. You know, that guy's been like 80 yeah, movies yeah, yeah. he's yeah. worked with. He's a pro, man. He's a pro. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, like, he is game. Like, yeah. you know, the, it was just me. Uh, John Vargas was the uh, assistant director, the other operator, a boomer, and the two of us. Like, That's brilliant, that, that man. Was, I mean, that is, we never get no makeup, no nothing, nothing. Yeah. And it's... It looks good, though. That's the thing is, you know, it's... it's it's And, and to, to kind of echo what, what Brody said earlier, there's, like... There's that level of angst to it. Yeah. It's very real. I mean, it's very oh, real. It reads as real. It's it is funny, and it's but it's not. You know, uh, it, it's 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 deeply funny. I think. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, the, the thing, the thing with 
the thing with tone and comedy tone and getting in and people start saying like dramedy and which I hate. No, that's a lame term. Yeah, it's it's. I think that there's there's different kinds of laughs and there's different kinds of jokes and and like with Swear Police, the reason that I cast all those guys was that um, that I cast actors, not comedians, was that you give a comedian a script all it's nothing but swearing. It's completely scripted because we covered it from a million angles. I was on ladders. I was on the ground. So it had to match. So everybody had to. We rehearsed the day before. Yeah. Like this was no mm-hmm. fucking You had to block it out completely. Uh, and then I run down an alley with all those fucking guys for hours. <laughs> and we had a blast. But it was 85, 90 degrees, August. Hot black No out. permit. <laughs> running down this alley all day. Oh, my God. And didn't see a cop to the last guns everywhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So, so I could tell those guys, look, there are no jokes anywhere in the script. All this is real. Everything is real. Period. Never changes. Yeah. Always. And that's what made it so funny. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, you know, when it, because Lorraine Newman, when when uh, it won at the LA Comedy Shorts thing, Lorraine Newman was one of the judges, a bunch of other people. Phil Lamar was one of the judges. And so Adam Carolla is the MC, and uh, Carlos Alizraki and um, Cedric Yarborough right. were, were the presenters. And so they called Swear Police. I'm like, holy shit. I go up and make the very half-assed speech. Forget to thank my wife. And uh, cool trophy. Name's already on it. Real, you know, very, very, it's like, oh, this is great. This is this official. Is, this is the wow, this is, yeah, It's like, wow, this is like, yo, you're treating me like a human being. How weird. And there was a butt on it too, right? And Yeah, and there was a butt on it. Absolutely. Awesome. And because uh, uh, comedy shorts, that's their. And it's, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. It'll come back to me. Um. So they, so I make my little speech, and then they show the entire short, like Mark Hamill's in the audience, like Luke Skywalker and Lorraine Newman, and no, all the these Reno. The dude from Corvette Summer—that's the guy. <laughs> he doesn't work much anymore, uh, but uh, but but yeah. So so to have so so to see what that did to a live audience. We had screened it a couple of times at the fake and other places. Um, but to see that made me like, oh, okay, there is, there's another way to do this. Yeah. There is something like this isn't sitcom. It's not, you know, and I really, I know I do it. I'm not a huge mockumentary fan. Right. Of the, it's a really hard to pull it off. And, and I sat, I sat down a long time. Like, how am I, this is all I have. This is all I, you know, I can't shoot this any bigger. And I'm like, how am I going to make this look like it makes sense, and I hate reality shows, but so I, I kind of started looking at it from almost from the point of view of the archetype of people who want to who think they should be on TV. You know what? I was just going to say it is it's it's that it's not a reality show so much as it's a hey I'm interesting. Why don't you take some pictures of me doing interesting stuff? That is exactly right. <clears throat> and and it really does come across because it comes across as that sort of it's it's naturalistic but yet kind of stilted in that way that people who think they're interesting enough to be on TV yeah. are like totally that that guy. They're right. that guy. Yeah. Yep. And it comes across. It really comes across. And, and I bartended in Boston and had mob like hardcore oh, yeah. mob regulars. And uh, uh, Cadillac Frank in it is that's a real Frank Salemi uh, is who that who named after Frank Salemi Jr. was a regular at my <laughs> bar at the Sinesta Hotel in Cambridge, uh, right across the uh, river from Boston. And uh, he was going to court every day. Uh, we were across the street <laughs> from court, so he and I was working lunch, 
and it was an Italian restaurant and just opened in this hotel. So, and I just started working there because I worked for the hotel. It's going to lose my job. And so they, they hired me. So they give me, you know, shit shift. So I'm working a lot of shit shifts and this guy starts showing up and it's, you know, turtleneck, suit jacket, 11 o'clock in the morning, Sambuca espresso, 11 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, Sambuca espresso tips, 10 bucks, no matter what. And this is 90, wow, yeah. fuck 92. Yeah. 92. Yeah. 92, 93. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's where I met my wife. So that's what I can imagine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so to have, so he was one, he was on regular and very like charming, nice guy, offered me a job at his strip joint, uh, <laughs> offered to help me find studio space. I was a photographer and making like installation art and all. I'm like, oh, do I want a favor from this guy? And, and, uh, but one uh, day I'll come yeah, to you exactly. and ask you a favor. <laughs> and, and so, so there's one night I, 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 uh, I go home and I don't know, I went out after work and I got home like 11 o'clock and the phone, my phone rings at 11 o'clock. I'm like, the fuck is this shit? And it's one of the bartenders, Elaine from Revere. And she's like, Joe, turn on the phone. I'm turning on the TV. He's like, Frank's on TV. And I turn around. He's, he's holding a number. He just got busted. The FBI set up a, a, a fake movie production company based out of Santa Monica. And these guys are the in-betweens to deal uh, with the Teamsters. Gotcha. So they got five guys for racketeering. Wow. And, yeah. uh, and like, I didn't, I went back to blog about this. And I'd never looked anybody up. So I looked up Frank Salemi Jr. He's dead. Uh, died of, like, age-related cancer. Uh, Frank Salemi Sr., Cadillac Frank, served time just recently. Recently got out. He's probably in witness protection. The guy's still fucking around. It's amazing. Wow. Those guys. So the, the, another regular had Vinny. Uh, that's not close enough. Vinny. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Vinny was cheating on his wife. And... Vinny had been had got caught cheating on his wife once. Now him and his wife went on Oprah back when Oprah was couples that have plastic surgery. With Jerry Springer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they were a couple with plastic surgery. So this guy's like, you know, he's low end mob. He's like sure. literally no lie. Hey, want to see my new gun? Show me a gun. Oh, no Jesus. lie. He he would tip with weed and it would have like a corner because he just ripped it off a brick. Like he's that <laughs> like, like almost like the dumb criminal. It hey, gets, that's it gets for you. It, exactly. It gets worse. It gets worse. He had hair implants. <laughs> And he gave up uh, halfway through. So he's just got this, like, half-ass, like, the front's just, like, rows of hair. And this guy's cheating on his wife. How? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so what do you... He, he was a man... tips with weed. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> and the thing is, all of us had this kind of, like, you know, he's all, yeah, 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 I'm mafia. And uh, so what he would do is there were two public outlets, a, a rest, both kind of like a small bar restaurant, big bar restaurant, a gym, and the front desk. Long hotel. So he's a member of the gym. You could be a member of the public, use the hotel. So this is what he'd do. Every morning, he'd, he'd be leaving about 11. So when he leaves the gym, he tells everybody what time he's leaving. Goes to the restaurant. I'm leaving at 1 today. Front desk, leaving at 1. They're leaving at 1. So when his wife calls, the restaurant, the front desk, the other restaurant, and the gym, all of us know what time to say, we just saw him. We just he saw just him. Left at we just saw him. Till 1 o'clock. All right. After 1 o'clock, he left. Okay. <laughs> and if you ever fuck it up, because I did yeah. once, it would really piss him off. And once I came in late, I didn't catch the. When, when is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't see him. I don't know. And and just and then no light. The phone rings. It's Vinny with his wife on the phone, and he's he's like, "Find me a bartender who's going to say that I was there. Tell it to my wife." And Peter D'Angelo, Peter, uh, the bartender was like, "Yep, yeah, so yeah, he was totally here. Yeah, yeah, that other guy, he's new." And, and 
covered for him. So Jeez. so so Don is a little bit of Vinny. He's definitely got a little <laughs> bit of because Vinny's like, yeah, you know, man, you're gone and uh. But but John Colella's like, you know, John Colella's Italian. He's from Chicago. He's you know his family had a bakery. Uh, but you know, really nice guy, really smart guy, really good actor. He's doing Cyrano right now. Yeah. And this is where the world, like you see, like I'm starting to see all the connections. So Mulkey was supposed to direct John Clell in Italian American Reconciliation, gets a play in New York, he goes to New York, he doesn't do it. Ray Allen directs the play. Now Ray Allen, Tony Award winning actress, she was uh, Tony Soprano's aunt on The Sopranos. Uh, she was the unemployment officer on the episode of, the, of Seinfeld when George Costanza is trying right. to stay on it, and then he ends up dating the daughter. Right. That Ray Allen is the un, is the mom, is the unemployment <laughs> officer. So it's like, wow, this is like this is kick. She was on All in the Family. Yeah, she, I mean, she's she's eighty three. She's like sixty years. She was in Damn Yankees, the original nice. Broadway play, and the movie. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so it's like so. So she, so she's directing John Clell and Cyrano right now. They want to put Cyrano up in a tiny little seventy seat theater, and they're doing it. Olivia Dabo's in it. Holy crap! Uh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, she's doing it. The little seventy seat theater. Ray Allen, Tony Ward winning. He's directing show. this thing. This is at the Russian Group Theater, and this that's where I met. You know, that's where I met Mulkey. That's where like this little you yeah. know turns into this. So now Ray Allen said yes to the second season of Vampire Mom. So she's going to play Don's mom. Nice. So we're going to have Don's mom played by Ray Allen, Marsha Wallace playing Annie's mom, Kirsten Vang's Ness, Jim Roof, who was hilarious in yep. the second episode, and he was hilarious in Swear Police, uh, uh, John Clell as Don, uh, all sitting down to dinner. <laughs> that's that's uh, towards the end. So it's pretty and badass. And it's 19 actors. We had nine the first season. So basically doubling your... Doubling it, yeah. So I got a scene with like four or five guys, got a dinner scene, so that's a lot yeah. of people. Uh, got a priest, we're chasing a guy, man, uh, hmm. cute. If we get this guy huge, another like, no way, it's going to be one of those. And the thing is like, Marshall Ball seemed impossible, Mulkey, like, uh, Mulkey, I thought, he's going to say What's no. Gonna say? Yeah, he's yeah. going to say no. Immediately I thought, no. 24 hours, he was like, yeah, I'm in. And Kirsten Banks Nash, he's pals with John and... and uh, uh, Ramey, and she's in Pretty the Series, which is another web series, and she's in another one that she told me about. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, that's still in the works. So it's like you start seeing this web of yeah, yeah. of of stuff happening, and there's something about all the stuff that's going wrong with the entertainment industry in terms of unions, in terms of the model of the twenty million dollar movie star. Like all, it's all changing, and I think that web series. You know, it's it's going to be like the indie music, indie film, indie TV niche, smaller audience. But that's the the one thing about you make a show and you don't you don't know what's going to happen. Like you guys make this show, sure, and you, you'll start hearing from people like, well, how did you guys even find the fucking show? What do you want? That's why I put this up, and I'm like, <laughs> Belgium? What? <laughs> You're in Belgium? And and then it's like. And now with Twitter, like, yeah. I talk to fans, uh, the V-mob, the V-mobbers, uh, I'm sure some are listening, uh, and, and honestly, it's like, uh, you know, I'm a comedian, so I have a natural hatred of humanity at some level. There's some, you <laughs> right. know, there's, part of, yeah. there's some part of me that just thinks the larger part of humanity can can be a bad thing. And uh, and these people are just like, like, like 
the Grinch who stole Christmas. They're like the best fans. <laughs> Your heart and sizes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you know they they helped me close caption the show. We're front of the first web series to be closed captioned for the hearing impaired because I got called out by somebody who was deaf. They sent me an email. Hey, I can't hear your show. So I can't watch your show. And I'm like, hey, I'm one guy. I have no idea how to do yeah, this. Yeah. Post on Twitter. Fan says, I'll help you. I look at some YouTube videos. <clears throat> and then that file, fan uh, in Belgium uh, volunteered to translate into French. A fan in Austria translated the show into German. There's a fan in South Africa who's translating it into Afrikaans. <laughs> nice. Uh, fans translating it into Spanish. Um, so it's... Like, it's its own... Like, so we started fundraising on Kickstarter. Now, with Kickstarter, you don't make your money, you don't get your money. So you have a goal, you have a deadline. So we had $10,000 was the goal. October 29th was the deadline. $6,212, we lost it all. Mm. And, and you know, at the end, Joe Montagna tweeted about the show. Uh, Chris Hardwick, Nerdist, tweeted with 1.3 million whatever followers Chris has. And and it was great. And, it, and, and that was the one thing, like, wow, this is... Like, I don't know any of these people who gave me $6,000. I mean, I know a few of them, but right. there are many. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, yeah, yeah. So, we, so we lost all the money. And, you know, I want to make this show. I'm on a McBoyd right now, and it's going to be expensive. i got to buy cameras or, you know. So uh, I relaunched it using my shitty iWeb site. And we've already raised over $4,000 in, in the bank. There's like, here, done usable like i i can start a show with that you know if i have to do a little credit card and a little sure, jumping sure. around but but to have people say i like this show enough to give you money that yeah. i want to see more a it's a gigantic responsibility but also it's like what this is this is all new this is never there's never been a point in yeah. history when you could do this yeah. and now and you know bands are doing it Dance yeah. companies, I mean, Kickstarter and Indiegogo, I really think that it's it's not, I don't think it's the model for everybody. I don't think it's a perfect model. I don't know if it's a sustainable model, but it might be. Well, I think that I, I think until, the, you know, the big players figure out a way to lock things down and monetize it, I think this is the way that people can vote with their wallets. They like something. If they like something, even if they're kicking five, ten bucks, yep. you know they can say, I, you know, this is yeah. worth this is worth ten bucks an episode." And public radio, to some extent, you know, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, well, PBS and, and, and NPR and public radio in general have had kind of that model, but but I think in I think this is they're also getting government money though. They are also, so, yeah, they're also and getting this is ma- really matching funds and other things like that. And, corp- and, and, and like in, in Boston, I was part of a nonprofit artist group that right. was, you know, a corporation that had been around since yeah. 77 called Mobius. If you go to mobius.org, it's Boston's artist-run center for experimental work in all media. And doing doing that kind of work that's very, you know, alternative arts, whatever you want to call it, um, and being a part of that that community and kind of getting, you know, starting to see like oh people donate money to the arts like being part of an organization that but now seeing it where it's like you know i'm letting people know like look we're not getting paid i I, you know i have to buy production insurance like we play with a lot of fire doing this stuff Mm -hmm. and you know driving on van nuys boulevard without a permit (laughs) shooting yeah (laughs) you get pulled over you're in trouble yeah Yeah. and and they and if they're dicks they'll take your cameras and And it's not like this town it's not like this town doesn't know what 
filming is about. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you can just play dumb and be in Wendover yeah, Nevada we, or like, something. We lit that castle. I literally dropped an extension cord, put two lights, and I'm like, all right, we're doing three, four takes, and we're pulling it all down. And <laughs> just we just did it. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of it was it was literally that. It was just doing it. And I think that's that's the thing with with some of the web series people is that is that is is the DIY thing. Is no, it's it definitely, just, I mean, and that's kind of one of the main, if, if, if anyone's listened to the show, it's, it's, you know, what, what can you do on your own and, and, and on a shoestring yeah. that gets you a bigger shoestring down the line, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's what I came up in was the DIY punk scene and, you know. Yeah, that's what, I mean, to me, this really feels like, you know, when you use the word punk, it has a lot of connotations, just, but it, it, to me, it really, like, I don't, I, I talk to somebody, you know, right now, I don't have a crew together yet. And my crew's from one other guy. And because I haven't shot with DSLR, you know, I, I got a 5D, I've done a little bit of shooting with it. <laughs> I had another computer that could handle it. And, uh, uh, but I went to school for photography, I, and shot with Canon. So that was the weird thing was like, like, I pulled out my old gear. And and I I have two old Canon F ones like pre the ones I stopped making in seventy nine they're all metal and all these old lenses and uh, and that like one of those cameras a cop came down with a billy club over the top of it a demonstration boss knocked it off my face ah. because he didn't want me taking pictures of other cops that were pinning a girl against a truck and classic Boston cops <laughs> and uh, look they're just trying to do their job. yeah I know threatening me with arrest and really is that what you're worried about with all the hundred people that are running around and riots and kids and <laughs> you're fucking the photographer alright whatever so uh, um, so my initial idea was to use the old lenses that I have and, and there's an adapter that fits, yeah, right, right. And, they're, and they're kind of fucked up and it's kind of like oh that's cool that's kind of a cool look and I'm like man I need the two cameras someone's lending me a 7D so so I can shoot in this like fuck like HD killer but I'm like well maybe I want to fuck it up a little bit right, and, right. and then as I'm going through the shoot I'm like this is really complicated to shoot with these cameras this is not as pointy shooty and I'm like I need a, I need to be faster so yeah. I, I I literally came to and it was hor- the horrible decision of me going I have to spend more money <laughs> I've got to get a, like I've got to get good glass because I got now yeah. the problem is I've got to match two cameras. If I didn't have to match two, because then it was like, well, buy more shitty lenses, see what all the shitty lenses do, and then come up with this kind of like map of which scene, how you're going to shoot with which shitty lens, and and I'm like, no, I really, yeah, I got to get mess around. Yeah, I got to get a couple of kit lenses. So that's another grand or so. But it's it's you know that kit. John and Marini are married. That dog is their dog. That is their kitchen and their house. Uh, Don's car is my car. Uh, that alley is where we shot Square Police. <laughs> uh, both with Martini the hooker and with the uh, the first kill in the first episode. We go back there in the second episode for a completely different scene. Nice. Uh, Peter Sprite, who's a stand-up, uh, cast him. Uh, Red Surleaf, who's on uh, Parks and Recreation. Uh, also a stand-up, who actually beat me in the... Comedy Central, one of their national whatever. Uh, she, uh, I got a notebook, a notebook and a T-shirt. She got a car. <laughs> that sounds fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, but also, I swore. well, was it a really good, night, a really good notebook? It was. It was a Daily Show notebook. Well, so yeah, 
Boom. Yeah, exactly. That's got to be worth uh, as much as a, a car on, say, eBay. <laughs> well, maybe you feel good because there were other people who lost the right. see with the same notebook and shows. <laughs> so we got to kind of, oh, so yeah, good notebook. Uh, so she, so it's funny, like 10 years later, I'm casting her in my web series. But uh, I saw her at the Beverly Hills Playhouse and uh, doing stage stuff, I guess, since the first time since college. She's, you know, she's a really good actor. Same with Peter Sprite, you know. He's, he's, and they, and they're playing a married couple <laughs> together and they're, yeah, it's a fun scene. Um, Joe, Joe Tab, actor, Google him, uh, cast him and, and yeah, and Ray Allen. I mean, that's, and I'm not done. There's still a few other guys I got to cast, uh, but no, I haven't auditioned anybody yet. Cool. I've got this much cast. It's like, yeah, that's very cool. Like 12 people. Yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm honestly, I mean, I have. Written a bunch of blogs on Tumblr and a series of blogs called uh, "Confession uh, Confessions of a Lucky Web Series Creator" because I like so much can go wrong, <laughs> and <laughs> often does, and, and yeah, oh, and yeah. does, and and I don't know how because once once you shoot, I never shot thirty three pages before to completely out of sequence. Yeah, and then you come up with like systems of like I numbered the days, so uh-huh. I knew which clothes were right for what, right. and you had to do everything, continuity, everything. It was nothing, nobody, no script supervisor. You didn't, no. you, you didn't shell out for uh, for a book on that. Uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot of guys that do seminars on that stuff. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't. well, that's the thing is like now that now there's you know how to make a web series seminars and and a lot of this stuff coming up and i thought of i'm like one i'm gonna be one of these guys i'm gonna charge like a ridiculously small amount of money (laughs) to give some mediocre information based completely on my experiences because i can't say you know so much of this stuff is now like like people are giving workshops and it's like so have you thought about what brand you want to approach to get your web series made, right? You know, do you want? Have you really thought about what are your demo? And like this is funny. Like, a, what's your specific demo with the show? Who are you going after? <laughs> and I like, like, I, I don't know how. A, I don't know how you make that happen. I don't know how you go. Well, you know, I'm going to put women in the show, so women watch it because women watch <laughs> women, right? Isn't that the way that works? Right. And they like uh, watching women. So I, so I wrote the show and didn't put it up. And like our Facebook page, seventy five percent female. I didn't. I don't have any demo or right, anything. Right. I don't yeah. have any. You know, uh, I don't know what brand wants to get behind swearing, murdering well, vampires. I understand the that. Uh, I understand that Eugene O'Neill really did a lot of fucking <laughs> with, before he started writing his plays. Exactly. <laughs> he really, he really Desire under the elms with Pepsi Code. <laughs> right, right. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I. But I'm I, about to have a Maxwell House strange interlude. Well, I, I think it, like like it gets back to. Like, if you, I come from a blue collar, you know, very grounded, normal, not showbiz, anything. And not, you know, I'm the first generation to go to college. Same with my sisters. Uh, nobody does this kind of stuff. And, and, and you know, my parents are, they think they love the show, which is great. Yeah. And growing up in a house where no swearing was allowed right, right, right. at all, like even fart was profanity. <laughs> no lie, that's true. Uh, you have to say plip. P-L-I-P. Clip. See, I don't understand. See, euphemism. Euphemism is something that's completely uh-huh. ridiculous to I me. Agree. I it's, agree. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, why is clip any worse than fart? Because I would say fart my mother. Clip. My, my, mother, my mother calls me Joey. Clip Joey. Clip. 
fart? That's swearing. I'm like, all the kids at school are swearing all the time. Even the teacher says fart, ma. It's just, a, it's like, it's like we're like some immigrant household who's like, we don't say this word, this fart. It's like, no. What, what do you want to look like? want to look like an idiot? Yeah, exactly. Say clip. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you get yeah, to flip. school, you say clip. What is wrong with a foreign kid? Why is right. he? Oh, you make a flip. Oh, why did I get the shit kicked out exactly. of it? Exactly. Let's meet up the flip kid. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 to have oh, there's a point of this. To, to <laughs> oh, so, so when I talked to some, I talked to um, uh, so, somebody about uh, putting a crew together. The one guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get somebody who's a little more fluent in DSLRs than I am, who is willing, pretty much, to volunteer for ten days or whatever it is. And you know, our shoots are short, but regardless, and and likes to like, sure, like you know, John Vargas had done some other stuff, and he came in and he was like, so. That all the lights? I'm like, <laughs> yep. He's like, can we break them out of the soft boxes? I'm like, nope, don't have time. <laughs> soft boxes are fast. I don't, you know, foil and no, we are just, yep. so we're done. Yeah. See, see how it's lit? See, that took 20 minutes. Done. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't like to work like that. A lot of people need that, right, right. you know, and I, so, so I said, you know, I'm looking for somebody, essentially an assistant director who's going to operate the other camera. She's like, oh, you're looking for a director of photography. I'm like, yeah, we really don't have any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no gaffer, best boy. No. There's two guys. I'm the director, so the other guy's the assistant director. That's how we do the titles. I don't know how the rest of this works. I don't have time. Yep. I don't have time. Yeah, yeah. I know. I totally get it. I think the, that's the thing is... is Maybe that's the double-edged sword of being in, in Hollywood is delusions of grandeur, you know, is is the, well, I made sawhorses for V.I. Warshawski, so I know how this business works. That's, exactly. That, that's a true yeah. story. That's a true story. I did make sawhorses for V.I. Uh, Warshawski. But, have but, you blogged about it? I don't think I that, have. Maybe, good, well, I, I've talked about it on my podcast. See, so you should blog about it. I'll you blog about it. search words. And then I'll blog about it. Because somebody's blogging. Uh, no, I, I have I have not even at my drunkest moment put myself in as uncredited in IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I have not done that. I've thought I, about it. I, I've thought about it just for shits and giggles. Just to do it. Just to do it. Well, just to do it. Yeah. I'm I'm still not uh, credited on the um, uh, the Michael J. Fox sitcom. Oh yeah, and I, and I haven't I haven't gone to that would be worth putting yourself in. Yeah, I think, maybe I think I guess I should yeah. do it. Yeah, because people, yeah, people look up and right now they see a short. And Vampire Mom has been rejected from IMDb, and I'm like, really? We're Vampire we're SAG signatory, and yeah. we're that's ridiculous. How's yeah, because uh, we have to be at a festival. They look All for right. qualifiers. Oh, really? Or they wanted actual media. Like well, the, the Pittsburgh Post. Well, have you submitted to the Shaky Town uh, Shaky Town Radio Hour uh, festival? We can. Uh, uh, I have not. You guys, have we should festival? we should do that. Yeah, yeah actually, <laughs> probably should. Yeah, well, actually, we've we've talked about it. We talked about doing yeah. Shaky uh, Shaketoberfest and. and uh, <laughs> Because well, Brody's birthday is in the beginning of November and mine's at the end, so okay. maybe next year we'll do like a comedy music. Well, happy birthday thing. in the middle. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Have you guys ever done a live? A no, live podcast? A live show? No. He's, like he's, in front of a live audience? He's done live talk show stuff back in Phoenix, um, but we both haven't done this in front of a live audience. I, 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 I don't yeah. stand up. I, this, yeah. is, this is a cakewalk. I don't give a crap about doing it in front of more, doing it in front of the dog and doing it in front of yeah. 70 people. Um, yeah, I mean it's really fun. We did. Oh yeah, we, no, we did I, I've seen a couple of times live, and other than it being a sound nightmare, right? Yeah, because that we we did it. We did it at a theater, part of a comedy festival. Uh, 
and it was Matt Bronner, Kyle Kinane, and James Adomian. Oh, man. And so those guys, I'd all hung out with those guys up at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. And they're funny. Oh, no, I hung out with James. No, no, yeah. James was up there, too. It was the first year. And, uh, yeah, James was fucking, oh, my God. Yeah, all three of those guys are just. Well, the thing is that the last last night of the festival, they have, like, the big show. Pat Oswalt's the headliner. And then, so that was kind of, like, the height of it. But there was another show after that. And it was in the biggest venue. And so, and it's Portland. So there's just drunks left and right. (laughs) And, um, uh, fuck it. Eddie Pepitone. Love you, Eddie. Eddie. Eddie Pepitone. I love no, Eddie. I love Eddie. But Ed, Eddie was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Fuck, I'm tired. I'm fucking going home. And, uh, so whoever's doing is like, I need somebody to do a set. I'm like, I'll do a set. I don't give a shit. Right. And, uh, so I go out and I literally brought a, uh, Giro out on stage with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no lie. And, and put it down. Like, you know, I'm really hungry and that. And, and I was Everybody was, it was just botchery. <laughs> and so I do 20 or whatever, and there's a fair amount of heckler bullshit to deal with. And so I'm, so I was supposed to end, I'm not going to say headline because it just ended right, the right. show. You're going to you're gonna shut the show down. You're going to turn the lights show. off, walk off stage. And James Adomian is like, oh, no, 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 I'm going out in this. So he, he, he's like, so he decides, so I'm finishing a set, and I'm like, so I think I'm closing. I'm like, all right, uh, you know, and it. You know, not a bad under the circumstances. Sure, great sure. set for those circumstances. Great yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, thank you. Get out. Whoever's hosting comes out. Oh, we got we got one more special. So James Adobe decides to go out as Bush, nice <laughs> suit everything, and goes on stage in front of these drunkland Portland. They're just yeah, because it's well, it's lefty Portland. Oh, just of course, going nuts and yeah, yelling yeah. shit, and he's just back and forth. The whole thing is nothing but crowd work. He's fucked up. It was hilarious. Oh man, he does so, a great Bush too. Yeah. yeah, he really does. Well, and on film, he's done that because he did it in uh, that's right. Harold and Kumar. That's right. That's right. And I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah he he's, a, he's, a funny, right he's a funny, funny man. I think I saw that right after that uh, uh, show. But yeah, Adomian was so far off the mic at that live show and so loud that I could not post it. Like the, I could not. There was no way for me to. Yeah. Like, I'm on headphones. They, nobody wanted to be on headphones. It was the only show we've done. Where I'm like, all right, yeah, it's live. And now everybody, on fucking. We shot like a three camera. I need to find my labs. Pilot thing. We need to find my labs. We could, we could, we could do a show. Ooh, wired labs. labs wouldn't be bad. By the wireless. Oh, really? Yeah, the wireless. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know, maybe Biolac has mine. <laughs> I can't remember if I loaned in my lab. I haven't seen him in a while. Probably does. Yeah, I have some ideas for that that we will announce in the future should they manifest. <laughs> oh well, well. Thanks for bringing the energy down, buddy. Well, you know, if we're not all killed by meteors, <laughs> we may do this. Assuming I'm alive. That's right. Um, how many shows have you guys done now? We have done. This will be our twenty third. Wow, that's episode, great. I believe. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, and this one's dropping towards the. End. I think this might be the last Monday in November. That this is airing, cool, that cool. this drops right now. So yeah, and we have some guests lined up for December, and some other surprises on the way. Our our twentieth slash twenty fifth slash thirtieth episode. The extravaganza. Let's just call it the extravaganza. Year end <laughs> extravaganza. Let's call it the extravaganza. It'll be out before Shaketoberfest. Yeah. Are you? Uh, do you have anything live lined up? I mean, you're obviously you're working hard on scripting. Uh, yeah, it's time pretty fun. Like I've, I've only been on stage a few times this year. It's it's uh, I have. I, I've taken breaks from stand-up to go write stuff and mm-hmm. learn how to write stuff. Um, so I'm not, uh, I'm not doing, yeah, it's, it's like, 
right now I'm not working. It's all Vampire Mob, and it's amazing yeah. how much time it takes to fundraise, and and I'm still writing it, and like doing pre-production and chasing locations already. We won't start until February. I had to bump it a month. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking at like, well, I have this window of unemployment, yeah. which I'm not collecting, which is great. It's great oh, to be unemployed man. and not collecting. So I was like, well, as I burn through all this money, uh, pretty much giving me the time to make the second season and, and get it out and then see what happens. Yeah. So, uh, so we can find Vampire Mob at VampireMob.com? VampireMob.com, yeah. And yeah. it's on YouTube, Blip, yeah, yeah, Die, Daily it's, Motion. It's in a bunch, it's bunch of places. Yeah. But I mostly, mostly want to make sure if people are interested in it, uh, they can donate money. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So. We got, we got uh, We Are All Famous to a Few People t-shirts. Uh, we have just got two mugs. One of the fans helped me out doing some graphic design work. And one says, uh, if you've seen the show, this will make sense. One says... <laughs> Uh, sun's up in an hour, asshole. <laughs> and the other one says fucking sunlight. Fucking sunlight. Uh, so if you want that in a sun's coffee up in an mug. So I, I, would, I would have to say sun's up in an hour, assholes. Is that look, too. The look that he's... After she says oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's just like, fucking goddamn it. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, we did a Q&A and, and after... We did, a, like, a benefit screening. And I never... And that was the other thing about this... That you, you know, from stand-up, you write a joke, you know, you write a joke, you go find some fucking open mic, whatever, see if it it sticks to the wall at all. And then you're like, oh, okay. Now with this, what was so frustrating about being a screener is that you write all all these things and they never get made, so you never know if it's funny. So it's like it's writing jokes and never seeing what they do. Yeah, it's blue balls. So So we we showed for the first time all six episodes uh, the beginning of October at the Ruskin. We showed four at the premiere in June because I didn't want, like, I wanted, like, people to... Yeah. Plus, we did we didn't we didn't do a, a our release schedule was ransom, so we the first episode had hit five thousand views before the second episode was released and kept going. So we actually didn't unlock all six until Halloween. Uh, uh, actually, the day the day after we lost all the money fundraising, I, I literally was like, "All right, here everybody, here's everything we do. Just please, just please give me a dollar. Here's all six shows. Give me a dollar." All six shows. Come on, this is good. It's good. It's good. Watch it. it Give me some. Please come. It's, it's. I would. I would venture to say it's. It's very good. Well, thank you. Thank I you very much. Yeah, I, I, and it's. And there's a lot of vampire shows out there. So it's. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, um, yeah, and I think and that's we're all the, friends. That's really you know. There's there's a vampire a zombie werewolf sucking moan. Some other one bloodlight. There's like vampirism bites. Um. It's vampire zombie werewolf. They're vampire zombies and werewolf, all, all like, at the same time. All at the same time, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't know where to put that. <laughs> you got to see the origin story. Okay, the, all right. It's, it's, and you have some great music on the show uh, by this band. I wanted to make sure. I oh no, it's actually it's Mindy Abear. Or it's, I'm sorry, Mindy yeah, yeah, Abear. Yeah, Min- that's Min- why I thought because of the yeah yeah Mindy's uh, Mindy's uh, she's got. Four or five CDs out tours. Um, uh, I saw her at the Greek uh, this past summer, and she used to be a neighbor of mine. And, and the weird thing is, Rami Hall, who plays Annie uh, and Mindy, have been friends since they were children in nice. Florida. So it turns into this weird like. And so Mindy, uh, you know, here, here's here's how you score a web series. I show up at Mindy's house with a laptop with a QuickTime file, <laughs> and then I, we kind of talk. And then uh, she has a recording studio because her, her her husband's also a musician who also did the closing music. 
so he so she played a bunch of live sax and kind of did some stuff so it's in a couple episodes but her sax opens every episode and then uh Jason's uh, closes every single episode, and he had, like, scored stuff and done, like, themes and trailer music, and he sent me, like, he gave me, like, gigabytes of nice. music, and he was like, I own all this, if you want something, and I'm like, can I have that? That's great. <laughs> and it was great, because at the live show, people were, like, clapping with it, and I'm like, holy shit, this is, and yeah. it makes, that's what makes the show seem like yeah, no, 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 money. Yeah, no, no, it's legit. Yeah, no, that's, it's, that's the thing. It's, it's, it looks like we have a budget, you could well, you know what? The, it's it's but but that's the the components are all there. I mean, it's it's, it's ta- really talented people doing you know things that they like, and that's who cares if you know it's smudgy or the sounds a little weird at parts. I mean, I'm not saying that it is. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> but, but, but 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 uh, yeah. I mean, I could, you know, it's all boom. And the thing is, like our our boom operators were. Marie Valeriano boomed, uh, my wife boomed, and boom, and none of them had boomed before, so booming was like, uh, in the middle of the Kirsten Vanks Nash uh, shoot, I teach, Murray's late, so I teach my wife to boom, and then Murray shows up, so my wife stops booming, I teach Murray how to boom, and then I call action, and we just keep shooting, like that's... Just so I'm clear here, we're talking actual boom mic, right? Boom's not like a euphemism your parents yeah. made you say instead of fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, not, no, it's actual boom mic. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, just making sure. Yeah, I didn't know if it was one of those flip, flip situations. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not. A, okay. So, so, yeah, so we, we uh, uh, yeah, now I'm looking at like that dinner for six is... I'm going to need two, two, two boomers, so yeah. maybe Marie and my wife. <laughs> well, point. they already know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and Shaky Town listeners, or if you're uh, new to our podcast and you came here because you're a vampire mob fan and you haven't donated yet, all you need is an email address, really. You need, and, uh, you know, money. And, and, <laughs> and, you, and presumably money. And, and no lie, people have mailed cash yeah. to, to our wow. P.O. box. There's yeah. a Very nice cool. donate yeah. button here, PayPal. Very cool. And somebody sent me three pounds of uh, kettle chips. Because <laughs> they they were like, hey, you like it was from a farm in uh, Virginia. Uh-huh. Oh, and, like legit, like no. They like, were like, it's indie food. You like indie stuff, right? And, they sent, <laughs> and it was like, wow, it's like this is really good. Yeah, so. I could give you, I could give you my horrible corporate cheeseburger, late night cheeseburger flavored Doritos that I got for free <laughs> for Ralph's. Does that not sound like the worst thing that's ever been made by anybody? I ever? still eat them. Still, I can't. I can't. I, I haven't. No, I can't break it open. I can't bear to break them open. Yeah. I'll have to examine it. I'm sure it's not. I'll break. I'll, here, I'll go get them right now. I am. I am. Uh, I ate so many kettle chips. I can't even. Yeah. yeah. I pretty much ate like two and a half pounds of kettle chips. I've been vegetarian for six years, vegan for five, mm-hmm. and at the behest of my wife, um, eating just unprocessed. I'm sorry. Yeah, unprocessed. No processed foods for the last wow. two weeks, and then, and and accidentally gluten free. Oh, um, just because of the process? Yeah, accidentally yeah. Or, accidentally or incidentally? <laughs> Both accidentally and incidentally. Holy I, I, I don't have rubber gloves or tongs. <clears throat> I'm going to take a picture of this and post it. See, wait, okay. wait, don't crack it yet. I want to get it. Oh, I'm going to open it. I, I don't think we should open it up. I think we should leave. We have in front of us a, and they're not a sponsor. We're just talking about <laughs> them, uh, Doritos. Uh, but if they would like to sponsor us. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I'm trying to find a... Uh, and by the way, feel free, Mom, to get ice out of the ice machine. That's what makes this... The verisimilitude is what makes Don't you show. think that's kind of part of the show now? Now it is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it, it's almost like Pee-wee's Playhouse. Kind of. Like, yeah, there might be somebody getting ice at some point. <laughs> Secret word is ice! Ah! Uh, the only reason I got these is because they were free. 
<laughs> Which is... And I, and I, well, I could have gotten any kind of Doritos. Famous last words. But I chose it? the worst kind right, that I right. could see. They were horrible. <laughs> they were absolutely... I don't know. So these are... Uh, like they're guaranteed fresh to like... 2017. Oh, yeah. You should really just put them up on eBay. And I don't think they're collectible. I think they might be. <laughs> so they are Doritos Late Night All Nighter Cheeseburger. My my bet is that these are one of those regional test product things that you probably can't get nationwide. Oh, maybe. They're I naturally would, and artificially flavored. Oh, both kinds. I like that. Uh, when did you get this? Oh, a couple weeks ago. I've never seen this flavor. There's a lot of weird flavors. Yeah. I've not seen a burger. I yeah, that's I think I've seen like Taco Bell flavor. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But this frightens me in in, in a fundamental way. Well, apparently, I, I've been told when you go to uh, England, there. I mean, they have chips, not fries, but actual chips, which are crisps. Called crisps, crisps, and they have like all sorts of crazy flavors. Like, uh, I mean, shrimp flavored crisp isn't that big a deal. You can get shrimp flavored yeah, sure. chips here, but. I think, yeah, they're they're farther advanced in their crisp technology. Well, they've they've had to make do <laughs> their food products. The sun Not, never sets on the British crisps empire. That's, right. that's why they all eat uh, kebab and curry. Right, right, right. Because British food is ass. Yeah, and you don't call it Indian there. You, you, you might have you might have a couple of British listeners to this episode. And I'm absolutely certain my my grandfather was from England and Oh no, uh, I don't think England's proud of their food. No, they're not. No, I, I think they'll back me up on this. I think they'll back although there's supposedly a lot of like uh, regional food traditions that are coming back. Like people are starting to pay attention to what they cook and eat. Yeah. So Well, good on them. <laughs> you can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at at ShakyTownRadio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ShakyTownRadio. Send us an email at ShakyTownRadio at gmail.com or call us on the ShakyTownRadio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE. That's 667-4253. That's the same number. Um, so, Joe, besides Vampire Mob, uh, what other outlets can the Internet reach you at? Uh, you have your Twitter. Yeah, uh, Vampire Mob uh, at Vampire Mob's Twitter. Joe Wilson TV is mine. A little mm-hmm. less active. Um, Road Stories. Great TV. Great podcast. Yeah. Uh, that is Murray Valeriano and I co-host, and we have three comedians come on, and uh, it's kind of like Comics Unleashed, except it doesn't suck. <laughs> um, no one says no, so. I hear you have another. No Byron. No Byron no Allen. <laughs> no Byron Allen. No. No. Hey setup. Joe, you have a joke that talks about this topic. Why don't you tell me about it? Let, let me turn to the next comedian and ask him a joke to tell me. How how awful is that show? And, and, and you know what? They he makes so much I know. money off that show. And Mazel Tov. And I have friends who have done that. I show. know. I've seen people and, I know. Did you come tell me that show? Who didn't Eddie? Oh, I'm sorry. Show? I'm sure he did. I I, uh, I swear to God, there's 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 been a bunch of people I know who've, who've been on that show. I mean, it's it's it was sort of like when I first moved here, everybody's going to uh, make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's kind of it's the worst version. It's an even worse version of make me laugh. It's, <laughs> but but and, it's, and they do like nineteen in one day or something. But it's like kind of like but it's 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 kind of like I guess I stumbled on it. It was literally on it like I, oh, I, insomnia. It's always it was like three thirty in the yeah, morning. Always. And I'm like, what the hell is this show? And it's like, but but I, I think the I think the part that makes me kind of my gorge to rise is is that it's couched like it's a talk show. Yes. But it's not. It's really kind of a clip show. Right. 
It's like do a bit, do a bit, yeah. do a bit. And it's like it is. It's a complete. Yeah, I mean, but even that, you know, most talk shows really aren't talk shows. Agreed, agreed. I mean, so much of it is. But it's so especially blatantly. you see somebody doing the rounds. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You see one person doing the rounds, especially do a satellite. I'm, oh, and you hear yeah. the story on the same. I'm oh, I'm pretty I love sure. That. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on on, on the show before, but that's one of the reasons why I didn't do stand up for a long time. Was because I saw how the sausage was made. I, when, when I was doing oh, archaeology, right. we'd watch short attention span theater right. all the time, and we'd watch. And all Comedy Central had, or Comedy Channel at the time had, were you know five minute bits of stand up. So I would watch a Jake Johansson yeah. do the same joke five different times. And I was like, Hey, wait a minute, yeah. that's the same joke, yeah. and you changed some of the words. Yeah. Ooh, I. I still have no idea why that put me off on it, but See, when I, I should have understood. When, oh, that's how it works. When I was when I was a kid, like kid, kid. <laughs> I would watch uh, the afternoon talk shows, uh-huh. and yeah. that's where you would see yeah. stand-ups. And that's when I first saw... The Mike Douglas, the Merv Griffin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'd see... Uh, what's his head? Who's on the cop show now? I'm blanking on his name. It'll come back to me. Which show? Which show? Uh, <laughs> with a bad skin. One of the, one of the lawn orders. SVU. Uh, oh, Belzer. 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 Yeah, yeah. And I think Belzer had done, like, Merv Griffin and John Davidson or something. Yeah, it, was sure. same, it was the same set. Yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute. So that yeah, so so you get to the same thing. You get to see him do the same bit. Yeah, and that, and that's yeah. when you start realizing that it's it's uh, uh, it's the same song. It's mm-hmm. the same. Sure. Yeah. And once you start like, oh yeah, they're and then, and then that you know I know Pat went through this I guess recently where somebody shot yes. know, working stuff out yeah, on I saw his that. phone. And posted it on the internet, and he was pissed because it was new material that wasn't worked out and. But that's really what this is mm-hmm. turning into, is that I don't think there's going... It's going to be almost impossible to control yeah. what goes out. Uh, Jamie Keller was talking on The Last Road Stories, was talking about people shooting stuff. Which is why, A, you should just Google Jamie Keller and Heimlich. Because he <laughs> shot with his own camera, just sitting in the back at... Um, it was in Ohio. I'm blanking on the name of the club. Like a funny bone or whatever. <laughs> And a woman starts choking in the middle of the show and stands up in the shot. And you can see her being Heimlich, right? And he told the story on Road Stories. And he's like, I got video. I haven't posted it yet. Then he posted it. He posted it like three days ago, four days ago. Of course, now it's on Puffington Post. It's got 73,000 views. I'm like, God damn it. I'm trying. I'm like writing this thing. And I'm shooting. I got actors. Because you I can't get 73. There's no Heimlich. That's why. There's you no gotta, choking. You got to get... You got to give out uh, at the premiere. You got to give out like free like jalapeno poppers or something. Yeah, yeah something to get some people choking. Now the, the question is: is after she got after they dislodged whatever was in her throat, did she have to rebuy? Did, or did it still count for her two items? <laughs> no, I think. So. <laughs> the thing uh, is, as she's walking away, he said, and he told us on the on the thing, but she had a sash on that said "Fabulous and 40. <laughs> oh, it was her birthday. birthday. Anybody here celebrating a birthday? <laughs> Oh, and choking wow. to death. Yeah. Wow. Holy <laughs> yeah. crap. Well, it's so been it's been funny. a joy having you. Well, thanks. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah. This is very cool. We wish you best luck on season two. Yep. Thank you. I think I'm gonna need it. Right. <laughs> and, and if and if and if you have not uh, watched Vampire Mob, uh, go and do so and uh, give generously so that it can continue production because it is worthwhile. Thank you. And has a lot of swearing. So if you're watching it work. <laughs> Clip. You're gonna. Are you gonna clip it? Yeah, has no. somebody has somebody has somebody volunteered yet to uh, 
to ADR all of the, <laughs> no. the swears. So you get like, melon farmers! And I have thought about doing a bleep. Why are you crunchy? Well, the thing is, I did the coffee mugs that we had, one, the one that says, sun's up in an hour, asshole, and, and fucking sunlight. I took out the you yeah. know, asterisk, you so if you have it at work, and I have, it, I have it with... And all I'm seeing is the one with like, full out <laughs> swearing. Like that's what people are buying. Oh hell yes! So, yeah. Oh hell yes! Heck not yeah! It for work. Oh yeah! Flip yes! Flip yes! <laughs> well, it's been great having you here. Um, thanks so much, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me on, Shaky Town. Till next time, I'm Bray Foster Hubbard. I'm Gene George, and I'm Joe Wilson, or as most people call me, X Knight Shyamalan. <laughs> I call you J Dub. J Dub. J Dub. Flip everybody. <laughs> Clip. Clip. Clip it. <laughs>